Merry Christmas and welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson. And today we're discussing Jingle All the Way, released by 20th Century Fox on November 22nd, 1996. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Phil Hartman, Rita Wilson, Robert Conrad, Martin Mull, Jake Lloyd, and James Belushi. Written by Randy Cornfield, directed by Brian Levent. Yes, apparently an uncredited uh, draft by Chris Columbus. Uh, I thought I had saw that somewhere, and certainly the 1492 pictures is uh, yeah. uh, getting the credit when the credits roll. I think he's credited as a producer, but it yeah. feels like Chris Columbus. It's, it's, there are portions of this that are very Home Alone, for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so this will be our, our holiday episode. Our gift to the listener is we're actually coming in prepared this time. Yes. Um, Unlike the last episode. Whatever. I, I think we were prepared the last time. There just wasn't a lot of preparation needed. Yeah. I think that there's a lot to talk about here. So there is. And uh, this, sure. this feels like a bounce back. And I don't know about for you. Um, I'm kind of excited about this one. And this is going to fall into the category for me. This was a lot more fun than I remembered, and I don't know if there's a reason why or if it's just because we have the, the bad, the villain in mind, but this was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. It's amazing how often we come into this podcast and I'm going like, oh, this, this is going to be the one where we finally disagree on something, but I'm in 100% agreement. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you because I think I've only seen this once before. I probably saw it on cable in 97 or 98. And I was a dumbass teenager who who just say, oh, Christmas movie, uh, I don't want to learn about the spirit of Christmas. And so I hated it. <laughs> I'm not sure this teaches you anything, the spirit of Christmas, well, but no, that's okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But that was my perception of it. It was just like, oh, yeah. heartwarming Christmas movie, hell with this. You know, and I, I hated it. And I, I kind of was coming in not knowing what to expect. I was like, maybe I'll like it, maybe I won't. I am so shocked how much I enjoyed Jingle All the Way. <laughs> That's a great quote right there to just drop every once in a while. I mean, I am. Well, you know, I mean, it's the complete opposite of Kindergarten Cop, where I was going in and expecting yeah. to be like, oh, yeah, this is one that I like. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is not good. You know, and part of me was worried, like, oh, maybe I'm just becoming cynical in my old age, whereas this movie is the exact opposite. I've, like, my, my Grinch heart has been melted over <laughs> the three sizes, can whatever I, the metaphor is. Can I, so can I ask, did you enjoy it? Because I'm not going to say that this is a good movie, but it was a lot of fun, and it was oh. way more fun than I remembered. No, it's no, it's certainly not a good movie. Okay, I just wanted to make sure how how much of a Grinch you had or were not anymore. If you were all of a sudden becoming very generous, I mean, if if you're being objective about it, it's like it's it's not well directed. It's not really like cleverly written. There are some moments of satire, you know, yeah. satirizing the, the kind of commercialization of Christmas. Christmas. They work pretty well. Yeah, yeah. There's some good. There's some good stuff in it. But this movie, more than anything we've watched, Arnold is just carrying this movie on his back. He is so watchable in this movie. I mean, I think there's some parts that he isn't watchable, but yes, I, for what this movie is, he definitely is bringing it across the finish line because it. Yeah, he's not phoning this. I mean, he is bringing the comedy as much as he can. Yeah, and so I, you know, I kind of wonder, and and hopefully we'll have time and get to it at the at the end. This was a '96 release. Eraser um, was the same year. I always kind of had the impression that this this was the trigger that kind of began his decline. And now kind of watching it, you know, back again, it may still have been just for the timing, but this is, this is not a terrible, one of his worst movies by, by any stretch. No, not at all. I mean, I, it's probably in the top half. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. There, there, uh, you, there's a lot you could stack up that were worse than this. Yeah, and it's interesting. You said it is from 1996. We're almost recording this on the 20th anniversary of the release. Yeah. It was released November 22nd. We're, released, we're recording this just a couple days before that. I hadn't noticed that. And there apparently is no uh, big celebration in 20th anniversary edition <laughs> no. DVD for this one. You know, even, even Junior, which we haven't gotten to yet, and you know, I'm dreading that one for sure. So am I. Uh, 
because that's one another one I haven't seen in 18 years or so. But uh, I even when I think of Arnold's movies, I do think of Junior because it's so bad, and it's like this one just kind of it uh, fell it kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean maybe it's just the two of us who feel that way. Maybe maybe there is a groundswell that we're not aware of, but. Uh, we should start it if there isn't, because yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I think it. the The challenge is, is it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it's not memorable in either of the two. I don't know if it's genres, but w- what makes this a movie is that it's either an Arnold movie or a holiday movie. And there's just so many other holiday movies to watch, and even non traditional ones. We've talked about some of them. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, Die Hard for me is is a must every year. It doesn't fall into that where I feel like this is one that I, you know, would have to watch. And, and I was telling with you before we started recording, I actually was watching it with my six-year-old son uh, just before I came over here, kind of going back through a little bit of it to, uh, to refresh my mind. But it just doesn't feel like one that has to be watched at the holidays. And it's, for the Arnold ones, it's not as memorable as, as Twins in terms of his comedies. So it's just kind of there, and it's a tweener. It, it's in between, and it's not – I don't think it's terrible where I'd say, oh, I'd never watch this again – but I'm not sure it's one that I need to necessarily watch all the time either. Oh, see, I, I think maybe I'm going to go farther than you on this. Okay. I, I, I will be revisiting this. I don't know about right. every Christmas or whatever, but, you know, it, it's, I have a weird, uh, when I hear people talk about Die Hard as a Christmas movie, and I know I'm going to get a fight with oh, you. Oh, I'm going to get in a fight part. with you right now. I can just tell from the look on your face. But I, I don't, I, you know, to me, a Christmas movie has to be about Christmas. It can't just be set during Christmas. To me, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I, we've tried to avoid politics on this as much as we can, and I'll just do it once. I'm going to give you the Trump right there and just say wrong into the microphone as you're trying to speak. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, my friend. You should apologize for not calling. <laughs> you're disrespectful to Die Hard. Yes. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, do you remember on our uh, <laughs> on uh, the Running Man episode when we were saying... You know how quickly oh. America would have to collapse to, <laughs> to meet the 2017 deadline. So, so it is funny that you mentioned that. I happened to see working the Twitter feed this morning. Um, you know, just trying to do some updates and, and reply to some people. I did see somebody that either was a retweet or somebody that follows us had. They just had the the uh, the screen capture of it's the 27. Yeah. yeah, the text, and they <laughs> said, "Is this the opening crawl to the Running Man or the future?" Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> I went back after the election. This is the first uh, episode of recording after the U.S. election, by yep. the way. But uh, just in case you're wondering why we're talking, because this is going to go up weeks from now, yeah. you know, around Christmas, or the week before Christmas. I forget what. Yeah, I think it's a week before be. Christmas. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny. After the election, I, I went back and I listened to our episode, <laughs> and it was literally just like, "Oh yeah, it, it, things really have to fall apart fast for, t- for 2017 to be this dystopia." <laughs> I don't know what, you know, I mean, there's some people. Some people are some, saying, "Yeah, some people." I still, I'm waiting for my red, white, and blue bucks. Uh, <laughs> That was from a different episode. I forget when we talked about that. Yeah, we had a... Oh, that was McBain. Yeah, it was McBain. Yeah. We were saying President Trump will create his red, white, and blue bucks. We we might be uh, going back into those archives and (laughs) ruining the day that we have that on record. Uh, Yeah, whatever. Uh, Christmas. Yeah, so back to Christmas, and uh, I don't know if you have anything else for for the intro, but I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for a little jingle all the way. Well, the one thing, I just want to... Because as much as I did like this movie, there are obviously some things that we're going to be, you know, uh, <laughs> criticizing because yeah. this is not a good movie. So I just want to point out this quote I found. It's on Wikipedia from the director, Brian Levent, uh, who did, like, the Beethoven movies, and he did a lot of, like... Family comedy. Yeah, family fair, for sure. And, you know, it's 
this seems pretty typical of yeah. the kind of thing that he did. Hey, it paid the bills. He did some direct-to-video Scooby-Doo movies. Interesting. Uh, which I didn't recognize. It was, they weren't the ones from like the early 2000s with... Matthew Lillard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they weren't those. Okay. Uh, but this is definitely the best thing from that list that I saw. But anyway, here's this quote. He says, At its root, this movie is about something really sweet. It's about love and building a better family. What? No, it's not. <laughs> I was going to say, I, let's, let's, as we go through this movie and talk... It absolutely is not. Let's, let's calibrate and say, okay, is this scene about building a better family, yes or no? Because <laughs> I think 99% of this movie is about, you know, Arnold flying around on a jetpack or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's a great quote. I just thought that was funny. It's just like, this is the most disconnect between the director's quote and... The, Reality. Yeah, the actual body of the movie. But yeah, we can get started. I mean, I don't have any. I don't have any profound thoughts about no, Jingle All the Way. Let's it, just... <laughs> it's impossible to. But can I say to open this up? The opening to Jingle All the Way is an outstanding opening. I I, I like it. I have mixed feelings about it just because. Oh, really? Wait, just because I enjoy it so much. I wish they weren't cutting to the credits. It, 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 oh yeah, because it does weave in 20th Century Fox and all that. You're that, right. I think that's a mistake. I just want a cold open with this TV show because it is great. Yeah, it's really, okay. really great. You, you're, that's a good point. I don't disagree with you on that. Um, I do think it was a mistake and it does distract you a little bit from it. Right. Because you're seeing the opening credits to a movie while you're seeing a different TV show. It's like, I just want to watch the, watch the Turbo Man show. Because it's fun. It's a, it's a really, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be like Power Rangers oh, or yeah. specifically I, I, spoofing that. Yeah, I think 100% it's supposed to be the Power Rangers because I, I think that the two kind of toy crazes that this is based upon were the early days of the Power Rangers and then the Cabbage Patch dolls is where the, the two that I remember yeah. uh, were, that were toys that you, you just could not find. Yeah, because this is too early for like Tickle Me Elmo and all that stuff, right? It, it might have been around the same time. I mean, Maybe. T- Tickle Me Elmo, I feel like was in the mid '90s, but the when this would have been written and like being you know filmed and kind of pushed, I, I think it was supposed to be the Power Rangers toys from the early night late, yeah, early '90s, and then um, uh, Cabbage Patch dolls, obviously in the '80s. Yeah, it's funny because I remember the craze about the Cabbage Patch dolls, and I remember the craze about Tickle Me Elmo, and there were some other things, you know, the Nintendo Wii kind of one year was like that, uh, but I don't remember Power Rangers being. And I, I was reading that. You know, doing a little bit of research, it's like, oh, yeah, this is based on Christmas shoppers not being able to find Power Rangers. Like, I don't remember that. I don't remember Power Rangers being that big a deal at Christmas time. No, I, I think that one was, and it was mainly because that show, I remember Power Rangers commercials on TV. We were a little bit older than, I think, the target audience. I did watch a little Power Rangers. Okay. I was too old to be watching Power Rangers. Okay, so I, I remember the craze, and they, were, they distinctly tried to play off the Jurassic Park popularity. And play up the dinosaur aspect in the um, in the commercials. Okay. And so what I think then happened is that show got to be more popular for whatever reason. Because even if it was kind of a bait and switch that really didn't have anything to do with dinosaurs, it the, did a little bit. They drove robot robo dinosaurs yeah, a little bit. So what I it think was, it was Voltron, except the robots were dinosaurs. That's yes. really all it was. I but think one was a woolly mammoth. I, I think that first season premiered in the summer, and I don't think the, the retailers or even the toy manufacturer knew that it was going to be the hit that it turned out to be. And oh, it's like the Star Wars toys from the 70s, yep, where they're selling empty boxes. Yes, and so what I think happened then is then, of course, there was a flood the next year, so I think it was just only the first year when it made it on, on, on TV here. I remember it was on Fox, actually, here in, uh, in Chicago. Huh. See, okay, I don't remember that at all, but yeah. I'll take your word for it. So, uh, here's my question. Is that a thing that still happens with you know online shopping and it's like so, you know either something is available or it's not but if like you you the, just you you got to the heart of like my first note on this okay go for it this this movie effectively has 
it, it's ironic. And I have did was was Jeff Bezos was he inspired by this? I know he was selling books at the time that this movie came out. Did he have a eureka moment and said, "Man, I need to be selling toys." The reason I say that is that this stuff, the internet, has destroyed this entire movie. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just I don't really go out Christmas shopping anymore, so right. I wasn't sure. And I, you know, I just because I hadn't seen any news stories about it doesn't mean it wasn't happening. So I just wasn't sure. Like maybe right. it's happening. I'm just not paying attention anymore. But yeah, that was my impression. It's like yeah, now with the internet and with Amazon, you know, if, if you can't order it online, you're not going to go. People are. You know, I'm sure there are people who still enjoy going out and going Christmas shopping yeah. and going on the hunt and all that. Yes, but the the sport of it, the the like tra- trampling of shoppers no. phenomenon, that's not happening anymore. No, I mean at the time that it was written, look, I I worked some Black Fridays uh, in retail in high school and college. It it was crazy. I mean, it it it's a, obviously exaggerated in a movie, but it was crazy. But as I'm watching this, I'm like, between Amazon and eBay, this this entire concept has been destroyed. There just isn't a Oh, they're sold out anywhere. I can't get it at any price. You absolutely can get it at a price on eBay. Right. Or, realistically, Amazon can get it to you in an hour now if you live in a major you know, metropolitan area. And there are always going to be products that are just not, there's not enough supply, but yeah, you can just go to eBay and say, hey, I'll pay whatever. Right. That's the thing that was so crazy about watching this movie. And, you know, uh, we'll get there. And we'll talk into depth, but just the idea of having a lottery with like ping pong balls and all that. You know, I feel like if if this happened today, all they would just, you know, the employees would buy them and sell them on eBay, right? <laughs> you know, and it would, no, there would be no lottery at all. That my first note is the internet destroyed this entire movie. But it's, a, but I think that's fine. It's it's a nice kind of snapshot of a brief period. I don't know how brief? I mean, this kind of probably it happened. Yeah, I, maybe even two. I'd say like from like the mid '80s to the mid or to maybe the late 2000s. Somewhere, yeah, in that range. So that's 20 to 25 years where, I mean, it, it was probably the worst in the 90s. Yeah. Every year in the 90s and into the 2000s, this was a big story of just shopping madness. You know, we were talking before we started, though, like, usually it was Black Friday where all the madness happened. Right. This movie isn't set on Black Friday. It's set on Christmas Eve yeah. where I don't know if by well, that time the shopping always, you know, or maybe there's another spike of last minute shoppers, but I, I think, think it's as crazy as Black Friday. There is a last minute spike. I just, I don't think that there would be as many people out as this, unless just the greater Minneapolis area have a lot of procrastinators and a much higher propensity to wait. Well, it's, I mean, it, the movie makes it seem like this Turbo Man doll is the most important thing in everyone's life. Right. The Turbo Man is like Star Wars plus, you know, Harry Potter plus Game of Thrones combined. It's like the only <laughs> collectible. It's like the only piece of media that anyone cares about is Turbo all. Man. There is no other thing but Turbo Man. Which is great too, because when you get to the parade, it's great that they're all these iconic great characters, and oh, you're right, they're all have just been pushed and crushed by Turbo Man. No one cares about these. No one cares about you, uh, Bert and Ernie. No, here, here comes Turbo Man. So um, uh, we, we got off track a little bit. Let, let's well, talk about but, this. Well, before we start on the up, because I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, I want to hear some more detail about your Black Friday experiences. I, I didn't know oh, you okay. worked retail. I thought you, you know, I knew you worked in grocery stores. I didn't know you actually worked like a, a retail store where. No, I did. So in college, um, um, it, it's a good thing we're recording this now because if we probably waited another year, this retailer might uh, no longer be be around. It barely is now. I actually worked at Kmart in uh, in college. I did work at a couple different grocery stores and, and a local drug store. Yeah, that I knew about. I didn't know about uh, Kmart in, in high school. But yeah, so in, in college, um, two years I worked, maybe two and a half. I worked at Kmart and I worked a couple of Black Fridays. I can tell you. It was it was a scene, and I worked at a store that was a pretty high volume store, and I only worked in grocery. I didn't work where any of the, you know, must have electronics or things like that where people literally were pushing. Right. But I can't tell you. So a thing like paper towels, bounty paper towels, 
would have been as one of the items that would be on sale. Okay. Okay. I remember getting into the store. I had to get up, get into the store by five in the morning to get ready. I think we opened at six. It's been a while, but I think we opened at six. I'd have to get in at like four thirty or five, start to get prepared for those first couple of hours. It was just pandemonium to the point where I used to remember how many you know bounty eight packs would fit on a pallet. I don't remember anymore. It's been a long time since I had that job, but I can tell you, I'd bring a pallet out. It would be gone as I'm checking on like maybe one or two other items, right? It would be gone. I'm on my way back to get another pallet. Almost every, like, by the time I'd come back, there were people like waiting. Why are these paper towels not here? It literally, like, the pa- I, I could just be one human being, or now it would be a robot. One, I could, you could have one wall <laughs> E, like, just going and getting paper towels. It was crazy the first two and a half hours. If it was me, I would just be pointing them, just like, look, just go in the back. I'm just <laughs> serve yourself. Take a right at the third aisle, and it's just right there in the pallet. It, it was madness. I mean, that's, absolute madness. That's so weird that that would happen with paper towels. Like, the idea of holiday shopping is to buy gifts for people. Obviously, no one's buying, if you're buying a paper towel for, for a family member. <laughs> Well, all I can say is that it just was included with everything else that they were there. Anything that was cheap. I don't even care if they had. And this was, you know, before warehouse clubs were really big, you know, Costco and things like that. Yeah. You know, this is probably 90, let's see, graduated in 2001. So probably 99, 2000 is probably when I was at that store. I'm not going to say those, those warehouse clubs weren't there, but people weren't as prevalent belonging to them. And so this was like they were stocking up, and they would take whatever the limit was. They would take like two if two was the limit. It was crazy how that's, many paper towels I went through. That's so crazy. that I mean, I'm not that surprised, but it's still strange. It's and, just, the whole phenomenon always seemed strange to me. It, in some ways, I feel like I missed an opportunity that, not for something like this, but what it really reminds me of, it actually reminds me a little bit of The Walking Dead, just with yeah. just literally like hordes of people trying to grab this stuff, and I just want to get out of there with my pallet jack like in one piece to get back and just bring another pallet out. Oh, It's no coincidence that George Romero, when he made Dawn of the Dead in the 70s, put it in a shopping mall. In a shopping mall. Yeah. Because yeah, there's no question that, uh, and, and you know, this movie has a lot of that sort of humor Absolutely. also. So Absolutely. To work our way back to Jingle All the Way. So yeah, so there's there's my story on that. Let, let's get back. I, I, uh, this, this opening is, is fantastic. I, I really love Turbo Man, and I kind of want to buy a turbo man after watching this opening i agree it's it's a really really good like really accurate depiction of this type of a kid's show yeah that only exists to sell toys yes you know it's funny because you know i think we were the first generation to kind of have to grow up with that kind of show yeah merchandising merchandising but it really is interesting you know speaking of the power rangers uh you know i we were probably 15 when that show no, I think we were a little bit younger than that because I think that it's Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park was ninety. That was ninety three. Three, so we're okay. probably twelve. I think we're about twelve. Okay, well then I'm not as embarrassed that I was watching. <laughs> but I remember being aware of the fact that I was that the the show only existed to sell toys yeah. in a way that I wasn't aware of for Transformers before. or GI yeah. Joe. Yeah, you know, and it's it's interesting, kind of being. I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but it's just being the first generation that. You know, because I think the generation before us had real children's programming. You know what I mean? Like they had electric Sesame company, Street, Sesame electric Street. Yeah, yeah not, absolutely. Not just marketing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know what children's programming is like today. I mean, you'd know better than me. But uh, well, yeah, it really is kind of shocking. The older you get, to see like, wow, this is this is so such a cynical. <laughs> and this and this movie captures the cynicism of that perfectly. It does. Um, it's a li- I see. It's a little bit different today, at least for my kids. 
my kids are spoiled in some way. They have no idea what it's like to be just bombarded with commercials. They don't watch anything on TV. Yeah. They watch everything on Netflix or Amazon streaming. So, and we, and we did that. We made that choice. I'd like to say, oh, my kids don't watch a lot of TV. They probably watch way too much. Um, if they ever listen to this, they'll probably roll their eyes at me. But they don't get the advertising. And some of the way we justify it is like, yeah, we'd rather them not get bombarded with the advertising, even if they're going to watch TV. But what's funny is now we get the, around Christmas time, which we're not that far from it, they never have any toys that they want. And my kids never have really had a must-have toy right? because they've never seen the Turbo well, Man commercials that they absolutely have to have it. And that's so telling that like a kid who is getting bombarded with these commercials is going, I need this, I need this, I need this, whereas oh, you know, your kids are not getting that. And so that I think that's – I mean, it's not like – incontrovertible proof but it's evidence that like hey oh, yeah. it's only the marketing that's causing that like increased demand i wholeheartedly believe it i mean no no doubt i mean i mean there certainly are some toys that i remember as a kid playing with and it probably was the commercials that convinced me i needed to have them but some of them i, I really yeah. did enjoy and in some ways i do feel like my my kids don't have that like that one favorite toy that they're going to remember 20 years from now and right. I don't know if that's really like a lost childhood thing, but in some ways, I, I am a little sad about that. They don't have, like, my, my Ecto-1 and my Ghostbuster, I can tell you right now, I would still enjoy playing with those today because it would take me back to hours of fun that I had as a kid. Yeah, I, I think they're probably better off. Like I, I th- When I think back to the toys I had, my fond memories have more to do with the movie or the show or whatever that it was connected to. Like, I had a lot of Transformers toys, but when I think about Transformers, I don't think about the toys. I think about the t- the cartoon yeah. and the movie. That's probably fair. The original movie, not the Michael Bay movie. Me, Grimlock, need <laughs> new strategy. I watched that like a year ago. And it's, I mean, speak of terrible movies that I nevertheless <laughs> enjoy a lot. I mean, the Transformers movie? Boy, that movie. I mean, part of what's so funny about that movie is it, how much of a marketing machine it is. It's just like, <laughs> we're killing off all your favorites, so you have to buy all new favorites. <laughs> That's what the purpose of that movie is. They kill everybody off, and it's only so they can be like, throw those toys away. They're They're, dead. They're no good anymore. They're useless. It really is that, to such a degree, that I find it funny now. So... and it, uh, again, we're getting far afield, but getting back to the jingle all the way, it is funny that during a montage later in the movie, he just passes by a movie marquee and it says, uh, Turbo Man, the motion picture. Yes. It's like, what? How, how far does this property extend? You know, it's it's so it crazy. is a great franchise. It's one that Disney would definitely need to acquire these days. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So the the TV show and it cuts to, to uh, what's what's uh, Jake Lloyd's character's name here? Uh, all I could think of the entire time was Anakin Skywalker, but that's it's actually right. Jamie. Jamie, that's right. Jamie. Yeah, who's watching this this show? I don't know how much I don't know how, much, how deep you want to get into the Turbo Man show. It is funny that Harvey Corman and Lorraine Newman are the president and first lady. I they don't have anything to do really. Uh, uh, yeah, they don't really have anything to do. Um, I I like the guy who plays Turbo Man. That's all I'm going to say. He he delivers it spot on. That's true. Yeah, I mean he really has that. It's Turbo time! I mean, he sells it perfectly. He does. And I also I like that uh, Booster on the show is very clearly worthless, because he, he does nothing. He does nothing, but did you notice the kid in the show loves Booster, and I know that's probably them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I had a question, a question for you is, so the, the kids on the show love Booster, right, of but course. real kids hate him? Yeah. Do you think that Booster is an inspiration for Poochie, which I don't want to spend too much time. Poochie is one of my all-time favorite creations of The Simpsons, but this is already going to be a long episode. 
My question to you and maybe the audience at Bad Puns Podcast, is Booster a proxy for Poochie? I mean, again, I think both things are inspired by the same thing. Yeah. It's just a character that, you know, it's, they're really trying to push, you know, I mean, obviously in the Simpsons it was, it was satirizing that idea. Yes. Uh, well, I guess here it is too. Uh, but yeah, it's obvious that the makers of the Turbo Man TV show really, I mean, the whole, there's a running joke in this movie about how no one's buying the booster toys. Right. And it's, you know, I think the phenomenon you're talking about is the TV show producer saying, we got to sell more boosters. We <laughs> booster. This kid loves booster. I'm getting egged on the street here. We got to do something <laughs> about these booster sales. Yeah. Because this is the first family that, uh, speaking of the election, this is the first family that's in, in danger by his brainiac or whatever the guy is. Oh, Demento. Demento. Demento or Dementor? Uh, Dementor, you're right, Dementor. Yes. It's not Dr. Demento. No, it's, be a different it's Dementor, yes. Uh, um, Ta-ta, Turbo Man. That's right. Uh, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so yeah, like, the kid kind of tries to adopt Booster. Up and goes, His parents are saved. He goes, Mom, Dad, Booster. And they all like hug right. as if Booster is like their pet. Or yes, that. he's going to be in the, the White House. Yeah, he's going to be like checkers. Yes. Anyway. So, so yeah. yes, so we got uh, Jamie who's uh, really jacked up about, uh, about Turbo Man. Yes. But he's also concerned that uh, his dad's not going to make his karate ceremony. Yes, because dad uh, misses everything. But yes, Rita right. Wilson playing uh, playing his mother Liz is is confident that he's just working very very hard. And then we cut to '90s <laughs> office parties look awesome, too awesome, suspiciously awesome. <laughs> there, yeah, I was going to say, especially since you find out that he's selling mattresses. There's no way that there's this great of an office party. They have a conga line. Oh, I missed the conga line. There's a conga line at a Christmas party. No way. this Christmas party. Absolutely not. That's what I mean by suspiciously. Like, what is this party? Like, it doesn't that seem... I mean, it, it seems like the kind of thing where, like, on the 60s Batman TV show, or, like, the Joker gassed them, <laughs> yes. and this is the result of just their, it's like... It's amazing how many times we've talked about Joker gas on this podcast. <laughs> but it, they're, they're acting so, like, unrealistically happy. Yeah. They're just like, party on! Just like... Crazy, and also, I never really understood what his business is. I guess he's a mattress salesman, but well, he's also... he, they're selling furniture. I mean, it looks like it's varying degrees of furniture. But is it all kinds of furniture? Because there's only beds in there. There's only beds, but he talked about it sounded like reupholstering. So I took that it's at least couches as well. But whatever. Either okay. way, here's the thing I'm going to say: the mattress places. One, there's too many of them in the world, but they have overtaken. Car salesmen of just, they are the worst to deal with. So Howard Langston is somebody who I would not want calling me his number one customer. Because there's no way it's true. Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> I, when I was watching that scene, I'm going like, every single person on the other end of that line is rolling their eyes. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine a world where someone, the guy, the person on the other end of the line Believe hangs it. up and goes like, he said I was the number one customer. Like, so excited. I feel great. <laughs> right. I just imagine the, like two of them meeting each other. Like, well, he said, "I was." Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. They start comparing notes. Yeah, you, you know they're all rolling their eyes. Absolutely. So Howard uh, assures his wife Liz that uh, he he's going to make it in time, and he gives her the uh, "You're my number one customer." <laughs> yes. Oh, by the way, I, I did forget because uh, the, the one order, he, the first order he's talking about. 200 king size by next Friday. No problem, he says. What is this order? Who is ordering? Who needs 200 king size beds by in like a week? Even a hotel, I'm not sure, would need 200 king size in a week. By And it's Christmas. Yeah. So, so it's before the New Year. Yeah, before New Year's. They need 200. Is it? That's a good question. So is it like a money laundering operation? They need to make this money disappear somehow, and they're just buying a bunch of beds? Beds to hide cash in? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Maybe it is. It's like a drug cartel. <laughs> 
we've just caught on to it. That's what it is. It Maybe it's either that or like a hotel. Yeah, like you said. But hey, we're opening next Friday. Whoops, we forgot to buy beds. We're gonna call every- Howard Langston. Like, did a hotel have like a bed bug infestation? They had to like burn every bed. It's like we need bed new beds. Maybe it was the uh, the hotel in uh, Red uh, Red Heat, and they were looking to renovate and replace all their beds. <laughs> But we've made so many references to other things so far, but what my note is, this, this order seems so fake, it sounds like when George is competing with Lloyd Braun and oh. is just making <laughs> 200 king size right away. Cassandra's <laughs> kicking your butt. So you're saying Howard, the phone wasn't even hooked up to anything? He just likes <laughs> ringing the bell? He's just trying to impress his assistant who comes yeah. in with the note saying, hey, your, your kid's crying. I friend. like that. That's a good note. I did not have that That's one. what it reminded me of. So we then get, we get a cut to the... Um, Karate competition, um, and we get the introduction of Phil Hartman as Ted. Yeah, and Phil Hartman's pretty good in this movie, I think. He is. I feel he's a little bit underutilized, and I, I, I know I've probably mentioned it before, but I, I do just want to say F- Phil Hartman was one of my favorite comedic actors. I think one of the best that's ever been on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And voiced, prob- I mean, if, if not my two favorite characters, certainly two of my favorite characters on The Simpsons. And I, I remember, and, I don't, and it wasn't very long after this movie, um, that that he was killed, it was a huge loss. And uh, most celebrities, I'm not a person who who gets upset or you know f- takes it personally. But I have to admit, I remember. Maybe it's I was younger, but Phil Hartman being being killed, I was actually bothered by it. And it, and some of it was is that he he really did some of my favorite stuff of all time. Yeah, and there's, there's no question, it's a huge tragedy. And, yeah, and and it, it, maybe it's also because it was a tragedy, but it, just in so ways that we would never have Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure ever again was such a loss for that show. Yeah, oh, it was. The show was never the same. No. I mean, that's really kind of the demarcation point when it started to go downhill. And I don't know if it's cause, cause and effect there or if it's just I, you know, coincidental. I, but I, I, Some of it's probably coincidence. And look, it's not like those characters were constant recurring characters, but man, some of the stuff with those characters is absolute gold. They're pretty just gold. They're, they're pretty constant. I'd say... Phil Hartman. I mean, not each character wasn't on every episode, but you know, if you cycle through, you know, his two the Lionel Hutz and uh, Troy McClure as his kind of two main characters, and then he'd occasionally show up as just a random Lyle Langley, right, which is exactly. one of the greats of all time. <laughs> I'd say he's on, you know, from seasons like three to eight, he's probably on fifty percent of episodes. That's probably fair, and you're right. So, so I mean, he was a big part of the show. It's not like he was only on one you know, once a year or something like you know. I, he was a mainstay. Yeah, and and yeah, you're extremely talented, and it really it was a tragedy for sure. So my question to you is: is so his character? If there are any puns in this, they are all related to him. So I wanted yeah. to get what your rulings are because some of them could could be great. Well, this one is a hundred percent. I I know the one you're talking about. Okay. Where, He's 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 sort of the neighborhood Lothario, like he's yes. kind of uh, putting the moves on every lady in, on the cul-de-sac there. So th- this threw me back to the, our twins episode where we had to get a ruling on uh, on Danny DeVito talking about his neighbor and that he right. cleaned her pipes once. Right. Pretty much everything <laughs> regarding Ted, it's uh, Phil Hartman's Ted. No, this, is that this one is much more blatant. Where yes. she, uh, at the karate uh, practice or whatever the ceremony. Yeah. Uh, the, all the like housewives are coming up to him and saying, "Oh, I need you to fix this. I need you to fix that." And he goes, "No, oh, I have the actual the exact. I get the exact wording right here. Sure, I've got just the tool for the job. <laughs> that is yeah, awesome. He's just sleeping with every girl, every yes. every mother in the neighborhood, basically. So, uh, uh, how many in this scene do you have that uh, that you counted? Oh, are there more than this one? I only have that one. Well, the, the I, I took kind of the propositions that he got from from at least the second woman where. That uh, she's talking about that she needs, I think, her porch light fixed. Yeah, that's the one. And he says, I've got the, just the tool for the job. Okay. I didn't know if, if her proposition you were going to count as well. That, that, that's fair that the, the tool is, is oh, enough. Oh, you think a 
what, what is a porch light? Is that some kind of euphemism I don't know about? I, I was stretching, but Can I you just, take a look at my porch lights. That's, that's what I kind of wondered, and I wasn't sure if you know. I mean, if that's a suburban Minnesota, that's you know uh, an indication that I'd like to have a key party at my house or something. I wasn't sure. I mean, maybe that, that may be some slang I don't know about. Some uh, you know innuendo that flew over my head. So the, the first woman is talking about cookies, but and it, which is borderline. But she's like, "Oh, I made, made you some cookies," and he goes, "Oh, that, that sounds lovely or whatever." But it's not. It's not as much. She's kind of laying the groundwork. But yeah, she's obviously like coming on to him, but yeah. I don't think she's, she's... She's offering cookies. She's not offering cookies. You yes. know? Like, she's not, not the cookies like later. Right. Uh, I didn't count that one. But the tool for the job, okay. no, no question about it. All right, that's fair. So pun number one. Yeah, and he even kind of looks over at uh, Rita Wilson and just like, oh, you know, you caught me. <laughs> you know, uh, Hand in the cookie jar? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no pun intended there. Ah, uh, I, I tried on that one. So uh, we oh, then cut so back... Pun intended. Though. Yes. I, I we, stand corrected. We... we <laughs> We cut back to Howard uh, trying to race his way uh, to to the karate competition. I this made me mad just because I see this guy every day. The traffic and the, <laughs> the guy, I'm sitting in traffic and the guy boom, just blows past past on the shoulder. I mean, literally every day, at least one guy. Really? Oh yeah, man. When I used to take the, I had the same community when I first started uh, working. I wasn't working downtown. I was working up near O'Hare. I never really saw anybody do that. I did see. Two distinct things in traffic. When traffic was moving, we're really getting off topic. But anyway, I, I saw people eating cereal. I wasn't sure how they were manning the steering wheel. And I swear to God, I saw one guy reading the paper. Yeah, you told me about I've that. told you that story, and it still to this day sticks with me. A guy was reading the paper. Yeah, I've never seen anything that extreme. But, I mean, you weren't making that commute in the days of, of smartphones. Right, right a lot was, has changed, yeah. I mean, every, everybody is reading their smartphone in traffic now. Yeah. You look around, it's just 90% of people are looking down. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we're not moving, so it's yeah. not that dangerous. But, yeah, that's all anybody does now. Uh, but, yeah, he gets pulled over by Robert Conrad. Well, I'm really. I know he was famous like in the '70s, but I don't know. Much. I don't. I I briefly looked it up, and I didn't really recognize any of the stuff he was in. So was he Mannix or something? What was he? I think so. And so that's, something like that. It might not. That might not be it. And, and I just kind of looked, and it seemed like this was supposed to be something funny that the audience was supposed to get. I'm just, and maybe the audience in 1996 did get it. I certainly did not. I don't know. I think he's just kind of a sardonic cop. I I, I kind of I kind of liked him. Or it's like. I'm sorry, I'm, I, I was on the... That, that was... I, I'm really in a hurry, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry to have inconvenienced you. I'd really hate... To, I mean, it goes on too long. To inconvenience a private citizen. Right. Uh, I kind of liked how sarcastic this cop is. I, I didn't dislike it. I, I actually liked the way he delivered that. I, I will say one thing, too. If, if this cop had pulled me over and tried to delay me with the uh, sobriety test, the same sobriety test, I can uh, perform the alphabet backwards, so that would not have uh, slowed me down. Yeah, well, I, I want to play that. Well, first of all, they cut to the karate class, and the kids, to get their belts, have to chop it out of a box, yes. which is awesome. <laughs> if, I, if there was a karate class as a kid, or if I knew that to get your belt, you had to chop it out of the box, I would have signed up immediately. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for making my day. I would not have guessed you would have said that, by the way. This episode is just fantastic so far. I want to play the ABC, but for, for kind of a different reason, but... This is right before. Let's just watch Jake Lloyd chop a belt out of a box. Yes. Uh, Here we go. He's, he's walking the line. So. There. Are we finished now? Recite the alphabet. Here, wait, I'm, I'm going to pause it right now because uh, what I found funny about this is it seemed like accidentally his dialogue and the score like oh. synced up. Oh, so I didn't here, let, that. let me just yeah. let me just. 
Are we finished now? Recite the alphabet. Here we go. Two, three, four. A, B, <laughs> C. Backwards. I don't know that why. That is good. I found that really funny how he's like singing along to the score. I had not noticed that. I think it's because I focused on when he said the backwards. I, I was going to let you know that I can do the alphabet backwards thanks to my kids. There's a Ralph's World song um, where he sings the, the ABCs backwards. So forever I will be able to do the alphabet backwards just as easily as forwards. Okay. I mean, I, I'm, I couldn't do it easily, but, you know, I, that seems kind of unfair as a sobriety test because it's just like. Oh, I do think it's totally hard unfair. sober, you know. Yeah. Um, but see, I would have zinged that cop by Z, Y, X, W, V, U, T, S, R, Q, P, O, N, M, L, K, J, I, H, G, F, E, D, C, B, A. Now I know my Z, Y, X's. <laughs> Next time, let's all walk to Texas. What's that from? <laughs> Uh, so Ralph's word is a, is a great, um, kids performer and, and he travels around. He's actually from, uh, somewhere here in Illinois. He has a number of CDs and, and so on one of them, he does the ABCs backwards and forwards and uh, forever. I will be able to do the ABCs backwards okay. because uh, of it. We can say confidently that you're not drunk. Uh, yes, I'm not doing the show drunk. Uh, but, but since, I, since I, I we're will... here, I'm, I want to watch Jake Lloyd chop this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Look at Anna can go. How, how, do you, how could you not think that's awesome? Anyway, continue your thought. I just wanted to play I it. I can't we tell you here. that it's awesome. My only thought was I wish I would have known that you as a child would have signed up for karate if you just knew that you could chop a belt out of a box. Well, you know why? Because, you know, I loved the Karate Kid uh, movies as a kid. But then someone told me, like, oh, karate isn't actually like that where you break boards and things. There's the part in Karate Kid 2 where uh, Miyagi's en- enemy, Sato, I think is yeah. his name, they show that he can break boards with his hands. And, uh, and Daniel says, Mr. Miyagi, could you break boards like that? And he goes, don't know. Never been attacked by a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid joke. But I just, it's, it's one of those jokes that always stuck in my head. That you still remember. But, yeah. I, yeah, someone told me, like, oh, yeah, you don't actually do that in karate class. You don't actually break blocks. But clearly you do because they had to chop it out of these boxes. At le- at least That's the- what I wanted to do as a kid. I didn't want to actually, like, <laughs> learn karate. I just you didn't want to learn self-defense. I just wanted to break things. Well, that is fantastic. So Howard pulls up. What, what I love about this, he pulls into what's clear. It has to be from his point of view, an empty parking lot, we find out. Yeah. And he parks illegally right up at the front. And then what does he expect when he gets in there? There's no, there can't be any cars in that parking lot anymore. I didn't think about that. But yeah, I mean, it's the days before cell phones where it's like, today, you know, yeah. his wife and I just texted him like, don't, don't bother calling. Don't, don't bother coming home either, you <laughs> jerk. Right. But it is, he goes all the way into the gym. Like, yes. Yeah, I agree. There's no need. <laughs> it, should, it should be pretty obvious. And uh, so he gets back, and Ted is spreading a little Christmas cheer by by putting some lights on uh, on Howard's roof, which is was really kind of flipping him the bird. Yeah, uh, it, I, I mean, every exchange between Phil Hartman and Arnold is really really fun. Yeah, like, it is. Ar- Arnold plays it really well; like he's being polite, but he clearly just he hates. Oh, Ted. he loathes him with with a passion. Yeah, and understandably so. Yeah, uh, you know, and he gets more and more justification as the movie goes on to hate Ted. But absolutely, uh, uh, yeah, this is the beginning of it, and. Uh, you know, it, they have to kind of justify later in the movie where he breaks into Ted's house. And right. it's like, obviously the movie never, the movie, you know, he kind of was like, what am I doing or whatever? But you have to understand why he does it. So then later you can understand why he feels guilty about it. You know what I mean? Like from his point of view in that moment later, you know, it's just like, we need to know, know why he hates Ted. And it's, yeah. It's already pretty clear, even from that one scene. They've laid it on pretty thick. And it's funny that you mentioned that about the breaking and entering. There's a lot of crimes committed in this movie. I don't know yeah. if you kept a count, but there are a lot of crimes in this movie. I mean, it's a Christopher Columbus script, which is, you know, violence perpetrated in an innocent fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's the Home Alone you know, thing of right. 
uh, it's cheerful, you know. Bombs exploding on police right. officers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all in good fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, so we, um, we then cut. Howard goes into the house, and Liz um, says, I'm not the one you should be apologizing to. So he heads up to Jamie's room, and man... I know this is 1996. This feels like a Marvel movie once you get inside Jamie's room. Yeah, my note says Marvel vomited all over <laughs> Jamie's walls. <laughs> I had vomited as well. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's astonishing how much is in there. I mean, I want to know who painted that mural because that's a pretty awesome mural, and it, it don't, it's not like a decal. Someone no, painted that. No, it, it, it looked realistic. And So here's the interesting thing, too, is that it seems like with all that Marvel stuff, 20th Century Fox should have been the one that was smart enough to have bought Marvel um, and 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 built the 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 cinematic universe. It, I don't know why, but I just feel like Turbo Man should have been a part of it, and they should have figured out a way to buy Marvel. Yeah, I'll bet X Men was in development at this time because they it were was two thousand. Yeah, they were the ones who had the X Men franchise. Franchise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, maybe they couldn't afford it because that's the thing is I know Marvel didn't go for as much as Lucasfilm, but it was a lot, right? Like I, I'll bet it, it was publicly traded and it went for a lot. It absolutely, but at the same time. Man, Fox missed out on an opportunity. Yeah, oh, definitely. But uh, it, it is weird that seeing just Marvel stuff in a non-Disney movie now. I mean, it's, it's it's crazy how much. But it's also crazy that the whole idea of so apparently Marvel exists in this universe, but no one cares about them because Turbo Man is the biggest franchise ever. It's like how could Marvel even stay in business because Turbo Man is so huge? It's just putting every other like you know children's it's fiction de- right it's depressing the value of every other franchise yeah i actually wondered because he's reading a turbo man comic jamie is and i looked to see if it was a marvel comic but it's not it's just some like generic like made up label or something gotcha uh so he howard wants to make it up to jamie he uh i love how in the 90s the way you make it up to being a bad father is you you buy your son the most important toy in the world yeah well you know i mean this movie is trying to poke fun at the kind of commercialism, yeah. but it's also like saying that it's the answer. To, you know, it's kind of talking out of both sides of its mouth. Alcohol, the cause of and answer to all of life's problems, right? That's right. Uh, I, I do enjoy the conversation about all the different belts, and it, it, it kind of the conversation goes on so long. It I, I had that it kind of it, it was like a logic puzzle where like. <laughs> Here, here are the things that we learn about karate belts. Because Jamie says, oh, purple is really important to me. It's only a one away from the green and three away from the black. And he says, yeah, but I saw you see it blue. And he says, yeah, but you missed no. yellow. No, he saw yellow but missed blue because he just got... Oh, you're right. Howard said, yes, you're right. He saw you got yellow, but you missed blue. Like, all these different things I almost was expecting the, like, the movie to pause and be like, okay, class, now which was the belt that Jamie got prior to yellow? <laughs> it's, it's all this information we get. It almost feels like a logic puzzle. It's just, I like that, yeah. It's so, so much, just way too long a conversation about belt colors. Yes. Anyway. But yeah, he's going to get him a Turbo Man to make up for his... his he, he's uh, going to be a good father, and he's making this promise on, on... Ironically, now that I think about it, he's making the promise on Festivus, because the next day is Christmas Eve. Is that uh, is the 23rd? Yes. That was... The 23rd absolutely is, and look, I've... I can never keep it straight. It absolutely is the 23rd. I've had parties, been invited to parties, and absolutely, the rest of us for the rest of it is, uh, rest of us is December 23rd. Well, Jamie is giving his errands of grievances then. Uh, this did influence this. We are finding it out <laughs> slowly but surely. Uh, I do enjoy, I guess it's kind of related to what we were talking about earlier, how Jamie just, you know, g- repeats back the commercial, like, oh, it has the five different voices and the activated blah, 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 and he really, like, word for word. Yeah. Oh, even, he seems like, oh, so... Battery's not included. Battery's not included. Blah, 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 you know? Yeah, no, he's completely been programmed. Right. <laughs> Which I, I don't know if that's 
satirical or not. Like, obviously, the joke is that he's talking like, like a commercial, but... No, I, th- I think it was intended to be satirical, and it's probably one of the better things that Jake Lloyd does in this movie. I mean, he's a kid actor. It's, it's tough to ever find, you know, one that, that really is good. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's probably one of his better scenes. Yeah, he's fine in this movie. I don't have a problem with Jake Lloyd. Yeah, he's, he's okay. He's just, you know, he's... He's a relatively nondescript kid. Yeah. Like, he likes Turbo Man. That's the one he characteristic. Does, and does not like Booster. Which is one more characteristic than Anakin has in Star Wars. <laughs> At least J- Jamie but has he, something that identi- identifiable as, you know. But he asked the question, what are metachlorians or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, boy, like, that's, I don't want to talk about Star Wars too much. <laughs> but I, 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 here's the reason. I mean, this is part of the reason why I don't like criticizing child actors. Because that kid got savaged when Star Wars came out, and Jake Lloyd kind of has had a rough life. It, it oh, seems. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'm not going to say, you know, at some point, I think he's like 25 or 26 now, and, you know, at some point you take responsibility for yourself. It's like, but, you know, I know that uh, he's not doing well. I, I don't know specifics, but that's my understanding of it. Hmm. So Yeah, and, and I can certainly see that, and look, I, I wouldn't. I I'm not sure you can blame Phantom Menace on him. It's a it's a terrible line and it's a terrible script. How can you blame the messenger in the delivery? Yeah, I mean, talented adult actors give terrible performances. Right. Samuel L. Jackson is giving a bad performance. So how could you expect Jake Lloyd? This is it was like his third movie. Yeah. You know, it's, he had no chance. It's not fair. Yeah. So uh, we then I, I don't want to cover it too much, but I I really enjoy. And here's my question to you, Howard, when they're getting ready for bed and and um. Uh, Liz, Rita Wilson's character, is going to say, you got the doll. What I, I noticed is he's got an Atlanta 1996 shirt. I noticed that, too. So here's my question to you. Does this mean that he's a huge booster for the 1996 Olympics? Or is it that it's the Olympics are so lame that he's turned it into something he sleeps in? <laughs> I was just going to say, he's going to sleep in it. So, and this movie is made in 96, and it's already <laughs> it's like, already been demoted to the sleep shirt. Thank you. That's what my thought was. I wanted confirmation. Yeah, I had that same thought. Well, I... It, it made me wonder where he got that shirt, and maybe that's the solution to our, our you know, question from before about who's buying 200 beds. Like Maybe he was supplying Olympic, Olympic Village. <laughs> you, we just figured it out. He, you, he was the preferred provider of beds to the Olympic Village in Atlanta. He's got to sh- ship them all the way down from Minneapolis-St. Paul, <laughs> but it's worth it. It's a big sale. Yes. He's, they're, they're his number one customer. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, next morning... The next, the next morning, I don't know if you... I, I love that we then even get more of the commercialization because Jamie's got it all. Yeah, the cereal. Cereal, PJs. Yep. Here's my question to you. How does he not have the toy? If he's got everything else, how does this kid not already have this toy? The toy is new, right? Isn't that the idea? It must be the premise. But then I asked too then, why, is, why are Booster and Dementor out there? Yeah, I mean, it is weird that the, the world is so saturated with... Turbo Man stuff, and this is the one thing that is not ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah, it'd be the first thing, right? Because you think about like when the Star Wars thing happened and the action figures, like I talked about earlier, selling empty boxes. You know about that? that I've seen that story. I mean, I don't probably know it as well. There was so much demand, and they couldn't meet the demand, so that they just it was totally an unanticipated demand, right? So they just put empty boxes in the store, and you'd you'd get it and be like, "We'll ship you the toy in April." (laughs) Sorry, kid. You know, because the toys weren't ready. Right. Um, but in that case, like, that was the year that Star Wars came out, and, like, the world wouldn't have been just deluged with... Or maybe it would have been. Like, do you think in Chris, Christmas of 77, there was a Star Wars cereal and Star Wars PJs and all I, don't, I mean, I don't know, but I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, that takes time to kind of filter out to the rest of the world. Yeah. So that's the thing. I agree. It is weird that there's so much other stuff. Yeah. 
but the toy is not there's not enough. Some, maybe there was a problem at the plant. Maybe they ran out of plastic or there was an explosion. They, I don't know. they couldn't get the red dye just red enough. Yeah, maybe there was some kind of a problem. Yeah. Created uh, reduced supply. So Howard says that he uh, he just needs to go out for a bit. Um, back to the office, but he'll, he'll be back soon. But it's, yes, because, of course, he doesn't have the, the turbo man. Yeah, and this is the beginning. Actually, I think the, when they're going to bed is the beginning of the endless. Arnold must say turbo man a hundred times in this movie. And it, the funny thing is, it gets funnier every time I, he says it. So uh, thank you. So to me, the reason why I, I've seen this more than you have, and it's mainly because of Turbo Man. <laughs> I got to get the Turbo Man doll. It just it made there's a few lines in this movie that make me smile that so I, I'm not gonna say I watch it all the time, but I've seen it more because it does make me laugh every time I it's turbo time. It just <laughs> makes me laugh. The word turbo is just uniquely funny in his accent because yes. it's just turbo. The way he has to go turbo. <laughs> uh you know, I, I wonder. Like, I'm, I'm sure they didn't cater that to him. It was probably that's the way it was written. Yeah, well, they didn't happen to cast him, uh, but they couldn't have picked a better superhero no. name than Tuba Man. No, it, I mean it. It is as you said. Each time, it is funnier than the last time. Yeah, but anyway, Jake Lowe gives a little bit of exposition about the parade. He explains all about the, it's the parade, and we go every year just so the yes. audience will know whatever. And, uh, and it is. It is the greatest parade I've ever seen in my life, by the way. Yeah, we'll get there. I've got a lot to say about the parade as well. Yeah. So Ted's outside. He's, uh, he's arranged to have a reindeer, a real reindeer. It so seems st- like such a bad idea. Yeah, well, clearly it is. We, we'll see, we see later what a bad idea it is. <laughs> it's such a dumb, simple line, but for some reason it really struck my funny bone. Arnold saying, what's that, a reindeer? <laughs> Yes, the I, reindeer. I can't say that that one <laughs> caught my funny moment. I, I like that you like it. I don't know. His reaction to the reindeer made me laugh. I got a question for this. So Ted Ted makes something, a comment in passing that I know it seems like it's a setup for a joke for, for Arnold. But he says that the roads you know, are supposed to get icy later. You should put chains on his tires. I was surprised that they didn't have something. It seemed like that would be a setup for something that never pays off. Other than he says, oh, I wish I could chain you or something like that. Right. I mean, that's, that's the only reason why he says that. So you can... I guess, but I was... Can, I don't know. I'm just, I just felt like it would, seemed like it set something up that just never paid off. Yeah. Well, it, uh, half of this movie is set in L- or is shot in L.A. In LA. Yeah. So there set, aren't any icy roads there. Yeah. It's set in Minneapolis-St. Paul, but... Uh, uh, I'm just going to bring this up now since you brought the parade. You know, he goes on this whole adventure uh, shopping and trying to find the tube of Mendel. Uh, you know, he goes to like nine different places. There's a whole montage in a minute where he goes to like children's museums and stuff. Yep. And then there's the whole thing at the Mall of America. And then he goes to, I'm just going to summarize the whole movie right here. But I'm just, I'm just gonna, I, I need to go through these steps. Then he goes to the Santa warehouse, which we'll have plenty to talk about there, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, then what? Then he goes back home and has the adventure with the, the, the reindeer in Ted's house. And then he goes to the parade. This is Christmas Eve in Minnesota. The sun goes down at quarter to four. Oh, you got me beat. I did not think about that at this all. This parade is in broad daylight. It <laughs> must be at least seven o'clock. <laughs> How does all that happen in six hours, seven hours, whatever it would be? from like Because he gets to this <sighs> first store at nine. They, they say, yeah. oh, the store opens at night. So we know when he starts this, this whole adventure. You, you totally have me. And I'm normally pretty good about complaining about timelines. Did not think about it at all. Yeah, I know. Usually I don't think about these things. But just, you know, we live in Chicago. It's, it's November. It's not even December yet. And oh, yeah. this is, we're south of Minneapolis. You know, and this, <laughs> it's, it's dark at 4.30 now. Yeah, 4.30, 5 o'clock. Yeah. So it's going to be dark at 4 by, by December here. Yeah, especially then, because December 21st is the shortest right. day it's, of the year. three days after <laughs> three the winter solstice. <laughs> and it's bro- broad I, daylight. 
and, wow. and this, this parade. You completely got me there. I'm disappointed, but kudos to you, sir. I and mean, people should be concerned that the sun is like, <laughs> this earth has stopped spinning. Like, <laughs> that something about turbo time, yes, changes the way that the earth spins. Right, that's turbo time. It's, it's, it's turboing it, the, the... You get more daylight. Something like that. Um, so, yeah, so he, he sets out, and yeah, we get to the, the, the first toy store, and this is where um, you meet, unfortunately, Sinbad and Myron. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm hot and cold on Sinbad. For the most part, I don't think he's good in this movie. This scene, I think, is his worst scene, right? I just could not stand him. No, I, he, sh- he should have been in jail immediately after this scene. <laughs> he assaults some poor woman. Thank you. So this is where the beginning of the crimes start. <laughs> yeah. Is here. Everyone shrugs it off. Yeah. In the 90s, eh. <laughs> he literally, like, strangles a woman. Yeah. And eh. he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then, well, he's a postman. It's okay. <laughs> right. Oh, this movie loves that joke. The crazed postman. Yes. You know, I mean... That guy goes postal in this movie for sure. So I had that, uh, it's a little political here, but I had it that uh, Myron seems like he would have been part of the Occupy Wall Street crowd. He's a little bit old for it, but he, he really goes on a rant. He has a lot of uh, gripes about a lot of different uh, organizations, and he has some conspiracy theories. <laughs> toy cartel. Yeah. I like the idea of a toy cartel, by the way. I mean, he's not wrong. We were, talk- we were kind of saying exactly what he's saying. We just He's just insane. Yes. <laughs> You know what I mean? He, his all delivery. he was saying is what we were saying about how the kids watch the shows and it makes it, it brainwashes them into make, wanting to buy the toy. I mean, we didn't use the word brainwash. That's the thing is he crosses a line into like complete madness with these right. that it's a conspiracy. You know that they're like brainwashing kids. But you know he's not wrong in theory, but he's just a lunatic. Yeah. So what what it did remind me of is actually a Simpsons episode where the. Um the retailer Costingtons, they need to come up, they wind up coming up with Love Day because they have a sales dip during the summer. Right. That, that, that cartel, that reminded me of the guys, yeah, something uh, like Love Day, but not so lame. I, I like the idea of a toy cartel, Hasbro and Mattel getting together and divvying up the spoils. Yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm surprised there isn't something like that or just. There probably will be. Yeah, Toy Day or something. Um, so anyway, so, so I guess. Christopher, uh, Chris Columbus wanted to hire uh, Joe Pesci for this role, for the Sinbad oh, I, role. I didn't know that. Uh, it makes sense with Home Alone. Yeah, that would have been very Home Alone. Yeah, it would, the Home Alone connection for sure. But I guess he got overridden. I think they said that Joe Pesci was too short next to Arnold and, <laughs> or something like that. I, I could see that. But I don't know. I, 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 I'm not sure whether I would have preferred that or not. I, I don't... I mean, I think that the character is just too crazy, so I'm not going to... I mean, I don't like and enjoy Sinbad, in general, but I'm not. Sh- I'm. I don't think the character would have been funny necessarily with somebody else in the role either. But at least you know that Joe Pesci can play crazy. It's true, you know, and be funny. You know, I mean, not even just Home Alone, but like you think about the Lethal Weapon movies. I guess uh, he's kind of like that. Like I, it, but at the same time, it would have been too similar to Home Alone. Where it's yeah. Like, oh, here he's another crazy guy. Like, yeah. You know. He, he should have been, like, turning on the faucets of every uh, like, toy store they go to. I would have enjoyed that, actually. The wet shoppers? Yes. No, the wet bandits strike again. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so there's no toys in here. He gets laughed. They both get laughed at, right? They get laughed at, and it's actually uh, Chris, Chris Parnell. I think it was uh, his first movie role, and he wound up um, uh, on Saturday Night Live, and actually he voices um, one of my favorite characters on Archer, which is one of my uh, favorite animated shows. That's right. I forgot he was on Archer. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's. He, I mean, as Chris Parnell's a funny guy. He's. It's not really funny in this, but he. He's a pretty funny guy. He's fine. Yeah, he's just. He's just there to laugh at Arnold. You know, chase Arnold away. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Chris Parnell is never one of my favorite Saturday Night Live guys, but for the I, most part, not. But I do really enjoy him on Archer. Yeah, I need to watch the rest of Archer. 
I watched the first season and kind of lost. Not, I liked it, but I, for some reason, I lost interest. Oh, absolutely, you should, because there's still many good seasons left of Archer. Yeah. Let me just say, this is where you do get the introduction that they have plenty of booster, and everybody just left. Nobody wants booster. I do like the running joke that Sinbad really hates booster. Like every <laughs> every time he sees booster, he has a comment like, booster. Who cares about booster? <laughs> it's true. I like that joke, but do you do you get the feeling that in some ways, because he's kind of like booster in the movie, that Arnold obviously is Turbo Man, right? I mean, I know. He plays the mentor in in the final scene in the parade, but in a lot of ways, he's the sidekick that nobody necessarily likes. So I kind of like that that <laughs> right. inside joke that he really hates Booster because he effectively is Booster. He's the self hating sidekick. Yes, yeah, uh, that's true. I didn't think about that, but yeah, there might be something to that. So so can I ask you about this this you know showdown that they have in this toy store? How does Arnold? see around like 20 aisles with a remote control car. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think about that at all. Oh, maybe. it's so absurd. The remote control car is a total joke. Yeah, he, maybe he just knows kind of vaguely where Sinbad's Have you going. ever tried to drive a remote control car? <laughs> oh, I, I can barely drive it when it's right in front of me. There's no way that blind he could drive that car. I was just more like confused about the fact that there's just a loose RC oh. car in a toy store. <laughs> I mean, I know some places they'll have, like, toys to play with, but just driving around the aisles, he's just like, give me that, or whatever he doesn't. It's it's this. It's only in the movies, because in Big, FAO Schwartz is the greatest toy store ever created. And then here, yes, it's it's not Toys R Us. I guess this would have been, what was the mall toy store when we were kids? Was it KB? I think it was KB Toys. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that was one, for Was sure. there another one? Maybe there were two. Yeah, I mean, you're probably thinking of KB Toys. Yeah. Either way, there was never anything that cool to play with in KB Toys. No, it would be like the dumb dog that flips. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it does a flip. That's all you got to play with. Um, But yeah, they're they're fighting because some woman just left with the last Turbo Man. But they they don't make it on time. He chases her down the street and goes, I need the Turbo Man. Yeah, and she just hauls away from him. (laughs) I like how prominent the Turbo Man is in her rear. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And what is crazy is I think everything else in there is wrapped up except for Turbo Man. He's just there waiting for that. That woman is asking for trouble, having that on display. Well, that's true. If she just stops to get gas or whatever, like as she's going in to pay for the gas, the zombie horde is just going to be trying to destroy her back window. That's true. She should be be hiding it under a seat in her, her, her car. Yeah, I agree. So then we do then get to um, the montage that you were talking about, which I kind of I enjoy this. Yeah, I kind of like it. it's kind of it's silly in the correct way where he, there's like neon signs that say toys. Yeah, is this a spoof? Of, the Simpsons we're doing a lot of references this time, like, but the Simpsons absolutely had this with Millhouse and Bart. What was it? I couldn't remember what the Simpsons scene was. It's when they uh, they drink the uh, the squishy. That's what I thought it was, and I found that scene. That's not it. It's not. That's where they go. Let's go crazy Broadway style. And they sing a song. Man, I really thought it was. That's what I thought, and it, that's not it. But there definitely is one. There's a scene where they, they there is spoof this. Is it like he's like trying to find pogs or something, and it's like something like, or something like I that? I don't remember, and this is bad. I need I'm, my Simpsons knowledge is slipping, and I'm this is not well, good. Well, we both had the same mistaken thought, so I mean, don't feel bad because I had the same. I really thought it was like the when they had the Hangover or something, and that you you got some. No, they sing a song that goes Springfield, Springfield. That, it's a hell of a town, and then Barney shows up. And, I like your pixie drink, but there's not. It's, it's not. <laughs> but it's not the montage you're thinking of that I was thinking of with the like, the neon signs oh, and all that. I'm gonna have to when we get done with this. I'm gonna go look and find that scene. I'm really embarrassed. Okay, don't feel embarrassed because I. I'm glad at least we were both wrong about the same scene. Yeah, but I was, I was kind of counting on you to remember because I was like, oh, I'd ask Mike which scene that is because I can't find it. <sighs> this is anyway, bad. 
But there, right, we there gotta, was. They, but that's why I ask. Like, is th- was there a movie where this and The Simpsons were both spoofing? It, like, there had to be. I yeah, mean, I, I don't know what it is. Though. And I, mo- I mean, what I'm remembering of it making fun of is that it would have been neon signs for basically the the red light district of. You know, like in Taxi Driver, yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're basically down like at the porno theaters. That's what I think that it's supposed to be spoofing, but I don't know in what movie. Yeah, it must be some movie that, yeah. that they're both spoofing. But I do, I do like as part of this uh, montage, there's a close-up of a toy rack, and the toys, here are the toys. There's more, oh. more Marvel. There's an X-Men Sentinel. There's a Ghost Rider. There's the clown from Spawn. You can tell it's the mid-90s. It's yes. the clown from Spawn toy. Wow. Although, whatever, that guy. What's the, the guy who makes Spawn? That guy just uh, keeps pushing McFarlane. Spawn. Yeah, Todd McFarlane. Yeah. His toy company just keeps pushing Spawn toys on the world. So, <laughs> actually, I shouldn't be that surprised. And then the, the one I really enjoyed is the Kevin Sorbo Hercules. Really? <laughs> Hercules oh, toy with man, Kevin miss, Sorbo's face on it. That is awesome. I miss that. That is a great catch. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Anyway. I, I did enjoy, too, when Ar- they got a, a nice fight in here for Arnold with the... It's not a cardboard cutout. It's like a plastic display of Turbo Man. Yeah, and, yeah. and you get a little Arnold face when he's struggling to destroy it. Well, there's quite a bit of Arnold face in this movie, but yeah. uh, that's definitely... It's not a like one of those balloon clowns though. Why does it pop back up? That's the part I wanted to know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it's not like the Bozo punching bag. Yeah, but, but I do love that he just destroys that thing. He punches it, it comes back and hits him, and then he just tears it in half. It's, it's really good. It is, it is great, and it was the first Arnold face that I have in my notes. So, so this montage, I have a note here, and this is kind of, uh, we're making a million references, but I was thinking of Fargo. Everywhere Ooh. he goes, people are laughing at him. And I'm going, I have a note just saying, so much for Minnesota nice. Oh, you're right. I didn't think you about know, that. This whole like idea that Fargo shows of just like, everyone's really nice in Minnesota. This movie, everyone laughs at him. Everyone is mean. I mean, granted, yeah. that's the whole point of the, but just the, like, the fact that they chose to no. set this in Minnesota, the place that's supposed to be like the nicest place in America. No, see, I think it was intentional that if the commercialization of Christmas is so corrupting oh, yeah, that true. if it can turn Minnesota nice into pure uh, carnage and evil, that's how bad the commercialization of Christmas is. But I didn't think about it. You're right. Minnesota actually is perfect for it because people are, I mean, to the point where they're satirizing it in the, the Coen brothers who grew up there yeah. in Fargo. You're absolutely right. So it actually probably is, I don't know if it was intentional, but it's perfect that these people are such jerks to him. Because if they're jerks here, imagine what they're like in New York. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, so presumably in New York, people are just beating each other with bats for the Turbo Man doll. <laughs> That's what I would assume. You know, it's just, it's, it's Thunderdome over there. Yes. Uh, so then after, after this montage, we cut back to uh, Ted and Liz at, uh, at Howard's, Howard and Liz's house. And the, and the kids are playing and cookies are being made. Yep. And uh, first we get a little bit of like an indication, I'm sure, like, you can already assume this, but the Showing how two-faced Ted is, yeah, like, you know his uh, the the facade he puts on for all the women in the neighborhood is not the real Ted, and we not get a glimpse all. of the real Ted. Yes. Uh, by the way, can I say the the glimpse of the real Ted is maybe my favorite line that Phil Hartman yeah. has in this movie. <laughs> he gives a very Phil Hartman delivery for that. Oh, pipe down in there! Oh, I can't do Phil Hartman. No, I can't either. It. I mean, it. I mean, I, I had forgotten about it when I saw. I I really laughed out loud. Pipe <laughs> he says when he burns his hand on the cookie. Yeah, you don't you don't get a lot of angry Phil Hartman in The Simpsons. The no. other thing I think he would do sometimes in Saturday Night Live was always really funny. Where he yes. would just explode with anger. Yes, um, but yeah, it's really good. And then Howard calls, and this is probably the most famous exchange in this movie. It is, it, and it's such a great it is such a great exchange and great line. Do you want to play it? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if it's it, it's just it's the it's the thing that everyone remembers. From yeah, I mean, and it. it this is probably another one that if it's Arnold, I'm not sure if it's as as memorable if it's not Arnold doing this. Ah! 
No, that's true. I mean, oh. That's what I mean about... Oh, here we go. We get... Pipe down in there! Oh, it's so it's really, great. It's really good. No, but this is... When I say that Arnold's carrying the movie on his back... Hi, I... Ted? Howard! Hey, I mean, he's... Buddy, Arnold's really funny here. He okay? is. Yeah, fine. Uh, Ted, I need to speak to Liz. Uh, could you get... Mm. Oh! Howard, excuse me, but your wife's cookies are out of this world. I assume what? that counts. Who told you you can eat my cookies? I'm just having Liz out in the kitchen. She's making up a storm here. Ted, I need to speak to my wife. So could you get her on the phone, please? I think she's in the shower, Howard. Do you want me to go check? No! I mean, no, that's fine. Bill Arman's face and out. go check is great. Yeah. Tell her it would be a few minutes late, but you shouldn't worry. Oh, she won't worry. I mean, I'm here and... Mm. Oh, these cookies! I gotta get the recipe from Les. Put that cookie down! Now! <laughs> so Howard, is there something bothering I mean, that scene doesn't work with anybody but Arnold. No. Like, it's, it's only because it's Arnold being Arnold. Yeah. It's so funny. And I mean, I, I think, too, this is... I don't think Phil Hartman, it's his best you know, work and best stuff. I, I think, too, Phil Hartman is perfect for this. And I, I think the two of them together completely make it where it's memorable and, and makes you laugh. Yeah, I, I think you could cast other people in this. Like, this is, you know, maybe too early for this, but like a Kevin Spacey or someone like that. Like, yeah, maybe. You need someone who is... On the surface, very bland and like a, this just suburbanite guy, but right. has ulterior motives. Yeah, underneath has some darkness brewing. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. I mean, Phil Hartman's—he's great in this. There's yeah. no question about it. But the, the line with the cookie without Arnold—it's—it's just—it's just another line. It's not—it's not funny. No, he—he, he, you know, this—I think this is his one comedy where he is really—he's playing the comic part. He's doing—he's carrying the load of a lot of the comedy, right? And doing it well. You know, I—I I think in Twins, he's. The comedy there is his like, innocence, and he's right. more or less playing it straight. Like the straighter he plays that, the funnier it is because yes. he's just so like you know innocent and and naive. That's what he needs to be, and everybody else needs to play off of that absolutely. But this is almost more like a Jim Carrey esque kind of a role where he's got to be big and comical, and he, he's pulling it off. He's he's funny. <laughs> he absolutely is. Um, and uh, the, the <laughs> put that cookie down now is. Is one that I don't remember it being on the Arnold boards. It should have been because it was fantastic. I think it's on some of them. Okay, there's another line later. I may it's it's somewhere in my notes. I may actually forget. But know? but so your ruling is not these cookies. Liz's cookies is not a pun. I don't know. It's not. Can you at least give me? It's a euphemism. It I mean, absolutely is. All right, we'll count it. Because I just don't think it's like it's not phrased in a way. Like if he had been like. Oh, I can't wait to taste her cookies, or you know, something that had a little more uh, of a double meaning. I, I just don't think, like, just none of the lines All feel right. like double entendres. It's just like he's eating cookies and going like, "Oh, these cookies are delicious." Like, I don't know, the, or like, I, I, I really, the, I need to get your wife's recipe for her cookies. It's just like there's not any real double meaning. The way the way each line is phrased, none of it really has this. Oh, man, I, this the, the first one I, I think is when he says the recipe, it undermines the second one. But just the way he answers it, it's because he's trying. He's Ted is completely trying to play it off in that first line that something's going on that to. to Tuna power. I think both things are happening, but it doesn't connect the dots. Like, yes, he's trying to sleep with Liz, no question about it. Yes, the, you know, cookies can be a euphemism <laughs> for sex, but it's just not. The movie isn't All right. connecting it. You know what I mean? Because it's just, you know, he's literally eating cookies. I feel like Lionel Hutz here, and I've drawn Judge Snyder. No, uh, we'll count it. <laughs> if you really think like you that's know, all right. It's look. It's there's fine. no question he wants her cookies, <laughs> but. 
the movie isn't doing that joke the same way that we're. I think you're. It's 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 like almost there. All right, but it's it's almost that, enough. That's fine. I'll I rest my case. No, <laughs> you get, rest your I'll, case. You haven't called any witnesses. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was a figure of speech. Case, case closed. closed. If you're not a fan of The Simpsons, this is going to be a pretty rough episode for for you out there. I can't. I, with I Phil Hartman. I can't Phil, not get some of these in Phil there. Phil Hartman's here. We can't help it. Uh, but anyway, so we cut we're, back. We're, we're counting it. So that's pun number two. Okay. All right, thank you. So we cut back after uh, Howard hangs up the phone, and Myron has returned. He's—I uh, don't know if he was using the phone or just happened to be within proximity of the phone. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never been to Minneapolis-St. Paul, but it seems like a too big of a city for them to just keep bumping into each other like this. But whatever. I I agree. I guess they're they're all maybe it makes sense because they're hitting the same locations. Like they're both looking for the same toys. Yeah, so they're I guess gonna they're gonna be in proximity. They're probably outside of a toy store, and he happens to be there. So Myron is trying to get uh, get them to team up. Yeah. By the way, uh, Howard remembers Myron's name, which as someone who can't remember names for the life you're of impressed. me, I was very impressed. He's like Myron. It's like how would you remember this guy's name? Hey, when you're the crazy tell- guy you met in a crowd <laughs> at a toy store. When you're telling everybody that you're a super salesman and you're number one customer, that's probably one of his best skills is remembering people's he, names. He, that, he doesn't seem like much of a schmoozer, though. That's the thing. Like, no, that's true. He doesn't act like a salesman, even though we learn that he's this great salesman. Yeah. He has so many number one customers. He should be doing a thing of just like, what do I have to do to get this Tubelman doll? You know, he should be acting more like, that's what a salesman would do. He wouldn't stand in a crowd and scream and go, I want the Tubelman. He'd no, just, he tried cutting a deal. Yeah, he'd... he'd, he'd He'd talk to Chris Parnell and say, okay, like, let's, let's make a deal here. I mean, I guess they were out, so there's nothing you do. But yeah. So uh, Howard wants nothing to do with teaming up, and Myron doesn't take it well. No, but then they're interrupted by just a random guy. Can, can you? Okay, <laughs> please finish your thought. Well, I have so many thoughts. I have so many questions about this guy. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected that. I only had one, so please dive in. Here are my four questions. <laughs> Or no, what sorry. Random guy. My first question is just what the hell. So actually, that's three questions. Okay, who the hell is this guy? How does he know they're looking for the Turbo Man? And if he wants a termina- why Turbo would Man, he tell why would he tell them? Thank you. I only got the last one. It's the same thing. These, these people in Minnesota, the woman's got one. She's displaying it, asking for people to break into her car. Yeah. Then this guy, he's just going to run down the street and like the town crier, hear ye, hear ye. But he's, I mean, the Mall of America has Turbo Man. But just to be clear, this is a stranger, right? Yes. Okay. I just he to make has sure never I been introduced. I didn't miss anything. No. He, he, because just to explain, he's just a guy running down the street going, they got the shipment of Turbo Man dolls across town at the, at the Mall of America, right? Is that yes. what I don't think he says the Mall of America. He says some toy store, and it turns out it's that it's the Mall of America. Mall of America, right? But he's just shouting it to nobody in particular on the streets, and he's running he's to his like car. He's like the town crier. I mean, it's so weird. It's, it's, I mean, when they were writing the script, didn't someone say, come Stop. on, guys, we could do better than this? I understand we need to connect them to the dots and get them to the Mall of America, but let's, you know. Yeah, I mean, why don't you have it, like, it? on the radio or yeah, something? I was just about to say, like, a TV report in the window. Of, yeah. Like, oh, it turns out there's more trouble. <laughs> a guy running down the street screaming. <laughs> it's bizarre. The movie becomes more and more of a cartoon as it goes. Yeah. It's interesting doing this right after... Uh, the uh, villain. The villain. <laughs> literally was a cartoon, a uh, live-action cartoon. Yeah, well, I, I want to talk about that more when we get to the, the parade. The card, you know, because that's when it really becomes a cartoon. But anyway, they, they, it's a race to the Mall of America now. Yes, the Myron gets the better of him because he backs over the cop's car. Right? Is that what? Uh, yeah, that, that yes. Happens here? That yeah. uh, so yeah, we get them trying to basically peel out, and um, yes, Robert Conrad reappears. Yeah, but he still gets there in time for the lottery. Yeah, Arnold does. So 
Uh, then the, and it's not clear whether he got a ticket or anything. It's just the scene ends with like you broke my mirror, and then Byron's like ha ha ha, and he laughs at him and drives away. Yeah. Next thing you know, Arnold's at the mall. So what happened? <laughs> he, everything seemed fine, I guess. Maybe he just had to, you know, he gave him another ticket. I or... was gonna say he probably just got another ticket, but he he must not have detained him as long as he did when he was on the way to Jamie's um, karate class or but, exhibition. But that thing, in that case, he was driving on the shoulder. He's destroyed, you know, a police property. <laughs> I would think they'd at least take him down to the station. I was going to say, that, I think that's another crime as well. So we've got at least two crimes so far. We've got assault and battery, and yes. now we've got destruction of uh, public property. Well, would you consider uh, Arnold attacking uh, Sinbad with an RC car assault and battery? Because then that would be three. I'd, yeah, I'd probably count that one. But I don't know, because Arnold gets hit with the, the mailbag first and, and topples into a display of boosters. That's true. I forgot about Myron that. Myron gets him first. So I say those cancel each other out, and maybe, maybe you don't count those. Okay, I'd, I wish I wish I'd actually counted them. Yeah, let's let the, we need to do an official do a, count. All right, we'll, running we'll, running tally. So as we go. we'll do it then at four. We will count those because Arnold gets hit first. Yeah, I, th- I think we should count both of those. All right, so so we're at four so far. Crimes have four been crimes. committed. Yes. Okay. So then, uh, so he gets to the Mall of America, and uh, please please tell me you had the smile on your face from. It took me a minute. Did you actually remember like right away? You know who you knew who it was. It didn't. But as he was. Speaking, so there's an employee who's um, he's assuming the, the manager he's, he's the of the store, manager, yeah. and I, I like that he's got one of the the toy microphones that he's using <laughs> as like a notice. megaphone. Yes, I didn't notice. It's that. It's completely a kid's, you know, like uh, sing into the microphone karaoke type thing. Here comes it's another another Simpsons reference, but was it the Rap Master three thousand? It was not the Rap Master, but I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Please disperse <laughs> is all him. I wanted him to say. <laughs> it's hammer. <laughs> but it took me about halfway through his speech, and the line finally came to my head from Bill Murray to him, Alice, or not really to him, Alice, are you menstruating right now? What's that got to do with it right. is immediately what I thought of when I thought of this guy yes. from Ghostbusters. He's like the head librarian from Ghostbusters. Yes. He also has a line after they run out, they're scared away by the ghost, and he goes, did you see it? What was it? That's, yes. I think those are his two, two lines. lines. Yes. I had to look it up. I was like, who is this guy? I know him from something. <laughs> I knew it was something that I really loved well, because it's just like that guy's face is burned in my brain. <laughs> but he's so obscure in both movies, right? I mean, it's not a prominent role by any stretch of the imagination. And, and you're right, the way he speaks also. He has a very like... Distinct... It's like it's like kind of a, an American accent that doesn't exist anymore, like a posh American accent. He's, he sort of talks like this. He's sort of like... Very Northeastern, without a doubt. Yeah, it's, it's like a Connecticut kind of a thing. Yes. Um, which is, I feel like that kind of... Accents pretty rarely, yeah, or at least you don't see it represented in in TV and movies. Yeah. Uh, so, the, during the only thing I had is this: the lottery rules. I, I love that Booster just gets booed and just razzed again. And again, Sinbad is the one leading the charge. <laughs> there are a few times. That's why I'm hot and cold on Sinbad because this made me laugh. Like there are a few times when Sinbad made me laugh, and it yeah. was the point we still have plenty of boosters in stock, and Sinbad just screams, "We don't want it! We don't want it!" <laughs> oh my god, it, that made me laugh a lot. Again, he I, hates Booster I, with all his being. It's amazing how much he hates Booster. It's really funny. And what's funny is I, I have to kind of admit that after watching this movie, I, I and I looked it up by the way. I, I I didn't know when to weave this in. You can find them on eBay, of course, like anything else. They're actually expensive. They're like a hundred plus dollars to get a Turbo Man doll. Oh, Turbo Man doll, not yeah. Booster. I didn't look up Booster because I'm not sure if those were sold. I kind of want a Booster after watching this movie for the irony aspect of how much Booster is hated. <laughs> I, I think I'd probably rather have a Booster than a well than a Turbo Man. I'll just do it now. I was going to do it at the end, but since you brought it up, I, I am aware that a Turbo Man doll exists, and I pulled it up, and the Amazon reviews are pretty great. <laughs> 
review he just pulled up. Five stars. Who said you could eat my cookies? I'm going to read this. Let's read this review. This is a review for the 13-inch Turbo Man doll, as seen in the movie. (laughs) This review is written December 25th, 2014. So commitment to the bit for this guy. Here's, Here's the Amazon review. My son told me all he wanted for Christmas was a Turbo Man doll after I missed his karate recital. <laughs> I waited until Christmas Eve to start looking because of my busy life as a mattress salesman. <laughs> this is I, outstanding. This is such a great review. I had to battle an angry post office worker and fight through the lines at Mall of America only to come up with nothing. On top of all of this, my neighbor kept making advances on my wife and ate my cookies and I ended up knocking out his reindeer. <laughs> I can't take credit for this. Whoever wrote this is a genius. Anyways, I ended up at the Christmas parade and knocked over a cop's bike. When I went to hide, I was mistaken for the actor who would play Turbo Man in the parade. After fighting the pesky mailman dressed as Turbo Man's arch enemy in an epic showdown, it gave my... Oh, wait. I gave my son a Turbo Man doll. He ended up giving it to the mailman, and we all learned the true meaning of Christmas and had some laughs along the way. Oh, that is outstanding. And well, well done. King75 wrote that review on Amazon. Well done to that guy. It's amazing. I, I do enjoy, too, there's one on the most recent custom reviews on the right of how Mike M. is just so succinct. It's turbo time! His whole his review is it's outstanding. I'm, and there's so many five-star reviews of this toy. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there are only like four reviews or something, but I mean, it's... I think I think what I was reading is they wanted this to be like out in stores for Christmas, but they just did it too late. Like the movie got made so quickly that they weren't ready. So. Oh, that, that's interesting. I would have bought one. I mean, it's it's... It'll cost you like three hundred bucks to buy this. But, I, and uh, I was just going to say, if they weren't so expensive, I might because I mean, we've already established on this that I had the Last Action Hero figures already from eBay. Yeah. If they weren't so expensive, I probably would buy a Turbo Man because it does kind of bring a smile to my face. It's Turbo time. I don't think it's Arnold's likeness though. I think it's just like a generic guy. Yeah. No, I'm sure it is. But uh, yeah, by Tiger Electronics. Makers oh. of fine, crappy, handheld video Hand- games yeah. from the 80s. I, I think I had a football game from them. They were always terrible. Uh, and so, that, that after Booster gets razzed, they start to gently try and pass out the lottery balls. And then it just, the, the two employees, it's just every man for himself. They just jack them all up in the air. And it's just a total jump ball. Those employees freak out so fast. At the yeah. first sign of trouble, they're just like, blah, throw them in the air. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly they look to cut and run. Let's yeah. get out of here. I mean, it's not like those balls get knocked over. Those employees just like, the hell with it, throw them. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah. Literally, they're, uh, they want nothing to do with these parents. They're shell-shocked. It's like they're, they're in like, the trenches in there. Uh, yeah, and, and then the music choice of it's the most wonderful time of yeah. the year. Per- it, perfect. It is. A, this is probably the best of the um, Christmas music usage, I think, in this entire movie. I, I do think that this, this one works really, really well. I mean, this is, this is really, really well done satire. Like, this. Yeah. Having this madness, people, cr- and, then, and here's all kinds of Arnold face, where they're just, there's a big dog pile, pile of people, on top of them. and they're grabbing each other and just, ah, he's in the pile, like, fighting for a ball. I, st- I didn't even, I just put Arnold face. I didn't even count, because it's basically the entire scene. So, oh, I want to point out, and since you've pointed out the Amazon trivia, I've been paying a lot of attention to it since I bought, I bought this on Amazon. Oh, good. Amazon Video. And you know how they have the the cast list, you know, yeah. like you're seeing on the left side here. Yeah, the the character name as well as then the actor. So if you if you uh, <laughs> oh, we got right in the Arnold face. That's great. If if you end up renting or or watching this on Amazon, at uh, it's like twenty eight thirty or so. <laughs> Watch a little bit of it. So 
It's when the woman bites his hand. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So look at the credit. Filts right. Look at the picture. <laughs> the picture is of this moment where she's biting oh, Arnold's hand. Is- this is this woman, Phyllis Wright, who plays the lady who bites Arnold's hand in this cast. Cast as Angry Mom number two. Yes, and her, her official, like, Amazon. IMDb. Yeah, well, does this pull from IMDb? It must. I, it, I think it has to, yeah, because they're pulled. I, I, Amazon owns IMDb. Now I want to pull up pull her up on IMDb and see if this is the... If that's her profile well, photo. Remind me to do it later. I, I, so, um, so, yeah, the lottery balls... Go uh, go everywhere. We get a pepper spray to the face from Sin from Myron on on Howard. Yeah, and then Howard gets him back with he got two, and he gets the rest of the mob to uh, wrestle down Myron. Yeah, and he, they really turn on Myron quickly. Like you know, it's <laughs> it's just like zombies. I mean, you. I don't think anyone in them would care. They'd be they're they're so concerned about their own lottery balls that. Why would it matter gonna, that some guy got two? They're going to completely disregard all the ones that they're fighting over to, well, to attack Myron. Because what's great, too, is as you now have it paused up here, what's great is his hand is getting bitten, but they're literally, there's ones just laying on the ground there that just get out of the way and you can get another one. They're kind of bouncing around. I mean, it's paused, well, but they, I guess. They're, they're kind of bouncing and rolling and things. Um, but yeah, so, so how does this play out now? I'm trying to think. So Myron the- then gets tackled by the rest of the mob because he got two. He only had one. And then the one he loses is the one that goes bouncing. And then I think it's the Nutcracker music that they, they use for um, Howard chasing that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they knock the ball out of uh, Myron's hand. Myron's and hand and it goes bouncing. This is when he chases it down. Yeah. So, yeah, because we get uh, a rare case of smooshed Arnold face here. Yeah. Slides and perfectly up against the glass. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a reversed shot where, like, they started with him, pushed against him, like, pulled him, I, and then reversed the footage. It has to be. Because, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. The Mall of America, how many floors is Mall of America? Do you know? I've never been there. I don't know. I haven't either. This ball bounces, like, down five. <laughs> it goes down an escalator. And then it, over over a railing, and then I think over another railing or something. It it, it goes down so many floors. I oh, did you, not count that. Oh, you know what it does? It goes down the escalator, and he runs down the escalator, and there's like three floors above him. That's what it is. Oh. Okay. And then it goes over that railing, and he gets his face smushed in. It's like how is this like a skyscraper? This thing. It's like Die Hard. <laughs> it's like the sequel to Die Hard. I just, they must have just like cheated it, but it's just crazy yeah. how many how far down this thing bounces. I didn't notice that. That that's a good catch. But it lands in uh, some little girl's stroller. This is my ball. Yeah. I like that line. The choice of this is my ball, not that's my ball. <laughs> Somehow that's funnier. It's much funnier. <laughs> and she's just smiling. I don't know. And again, I, I don't want to bang on child actors either. Did, she kind of creeped me out a little bit. I'm, she, she, yeah, she, <laughs> I, I agree. I, I could, she would have been perfect for if they were to remake The Shining. Yeah. Put her in there and I would have been scared. She's like so cute that it wraps around being terrifying. Yes. Like that, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. She's she's a very strange kind of demeanor. I do like when she crawls into the like the little jungle gym thing. Yeah, uh, you think? I, I think my first impression was, oh, she doesn't realize she doesn't oh, know what's going on. She's taunting him. She taunts him. She yeah. kind of like waves like ah. And she's holding it out, and yeah, yeah. he looks across. And so, I did enjoy that Arnold getting in and like pushing kids out of the way. Yeah. I do really enjoy this chase. <laughs> this reminded me of. Uh, did you ever? I remember doing this. This may have been before you and I were hanging out, but uh, the uh, PGN, this is, which is a local like yeah um, uh, arcade arcade nearby. They put they built a place like this. They had like yep. this, the plastic jungle gym. I never did it, but I remember it. We used to go in there. Okay, so this was not. I didn't think so. This was before. This was like, I don't know, it was like 13, 14. We were yeah. too old to be in there. But we would go in there and just scare all the little kids out. And we would just, 
We'd be like, this is ours now. We would just like go into. And, you were and, some punk that was scaring little kids. I was, awesome. I was obviously in some sort of like Arrested Development at age thirteen because I was watching Power Rangers and playing in this this these like plasticky. I did not. I was too busy playing NBA Jam at PGN, so I. Well, I we would was do that there. too when we'd get bored of that, we'd, yeah. or we'd, we'd we'd be out of money. Oh, like oh, that's that's free. We can just go over there and cause trouble. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, he winds up in the giant ball pit, tries to do a trade, and he's not a very good salesman because he does not close this deal. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the store manager was talking about supply and demand, and it's like, the price has doubled because of the laws of supply and demand. I mean, Howard was obviously not paying attention because based on the laws of supply and demand, he tries to trade a ball from the ball pit. <laughs> there are a hundred balls. Literally. I'll give you a trade. It's like, I, this kid is not stupid. <laughs> How dumb do you think this little She's girl been is? smart enough to taunt you from across the way. He tries to trade a... And, 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 whatever. And then here's where he gets accused of being a pervert. Yeah, another pervert. It is a great line. It is. That's, that's the thing. Like, I was right... My note is... Uh, I can't find it, but something to the effect of... Like, it's it's questionable to make this the subject of comedy, yeah. but it's worth it for the line. I'm not a pervert. I just want a tube of Mendel. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's worth it for that. You are, you are right. And here's the thing, too, I had. I had... what. Uh, 90s moms don't call the police. They just beat you with bags. Yeah, There's one like, that actually, I don't know if you noticed, it was a roll of wrapping paper, which I really enjoyed that one, that she just must have just bought it at the mall, and she's just going to town beating I, Arnold with I, it. I did notice that because it made like the noise. Thung, 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 yes, thung, you know, that. that like tube noise? Yes. That, yeah, that was funny. Uh, so then, yes, you get the line, which it is a great I just want the Turbo Man doll. Yeah. And then uh, Jim Pelushi from Red uh, Red Heat Connection with Arnold makes uh, makes his appearance as Santa. Yep. And uh, he makes he has uh, a terrible pun here, which... Uh, Go ahead. Something about... Uh, oh, because you want a Turbo Man doll? And he's, he goes, forget it. I'm not going to sit on your lap. And uh, Jim Pelushi my... yeah. Hey, Chief, that's not my bag. And then he goes, get yeah, it? Get it. And I'll be honest, I didn't get it until he said get it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that is a pun. Okay, I, I noted this. That's number three. It's not my bag, baby. Anyway, and then uh, his elf here, who is also a familiar face. Yes, to us. from Seinfeld, actually. Yeah, he played Mickey in Seinfeld. He's also in Watchmen as, yeah, that, as he, that, that gangster guy. Yeah, I f- completely forgot about that. Danny Woodburn is his name. Yeah. I looked it up. Uh yeah, but then they, they kind of negotiate, and he's, so, he's yeah, interested they, in getting this illicit Turbo Man doll. Yeah, so they drive which uh, drive over to this warehouse. I really enjoyed when they pull up to the warehouse that it's got a, like a, a guard dog, but the guard dog had like reindeer antlers on. Yeah. I don't know why I enjoyed that touch, but I did. Yeah, that's kind of good. Uh, it's like junkyard or wherever yeah. they're going. And uh, it's I'm not sure what this illicit operation that's going on. I don't know. I mean, this is it's starting to get pretty cartoony here because yeah. it's like, yeah, this warehouse full of Santa Clauses that have some kind of illegal operation they got going on there. Yeah, and I just, but I couldn't even figure out like what the logic was because all those other toys, if they were knockoff toys, why do you need to knock off stuffed animals? I, I like the Turbo Man makes sense, but the rest of the toys that are in there, why are there why are there counterfeits? I don't know if they're counterfeits or if it's just stuff that fell off a truck. Oh, maybe. You know? Because the the Turbo Man, I don't know. Well, the Turbo Man doll he eventually gets does kind of fall apart. Yes, the it, te- the Telemundo Turbo Man is what I have. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that reminds me of. Uh, did you ever see the Saturday Night Live uh, episode that Conan O'Brien hosted? No. He did a sketch where he played uh, Molecular, the Molecular Man. He was a superhero, but he like his alter ego. He was like Jim, whatever. He was basically Superman. It, people would be like, "Look, it's Molecular," and he'd land and go, "The Molecular Man." <laughs> and so, like, every time someone would say molecular, he'd go, the molecular man. 
And so then he'd fly away and come back as his alter ego, Jim. And it's like, yeah. well, you just missed, missed Moleculo. And Jim would go, the Molecular Man. <laughs> Wait, you're Moleculo. It's like, oh, damn. <laughs> I can't help it, whatever. Oh, that's awesome. And the sketch ends. It was 90s. Actually, Chris Parnell was probably in the sketch because it, it ends with Horatio Sands. He, he like... His identity's been blown. It's like, oh, I gotta go to Mexico. They don't know who I am there. And, <laughs> and then it ends the whole last third of the sketches in Spanish. And he like lands and saves somebody and like, oh, gracias, Moleculo. And he goes, el hombre de los moleculos. <laughs> That's awesome. And then like he does it again in his... He uh, blows it again He blows it Spanish. again. He's like, tu es moleculo. Ah, caramba. <laughs> I'm gonna good. have to look that one up. Uh, but yeah, this, the Spanish-speaking uh, terrible man. I got a good laugh out el of it. hombre de los moleculos. <laughs> and so he wants uh, a refund, but uh, nope, all sales are final here with uh, Jim Belushi. Oh, uh, sorry. I, I've got to back up a little bit again. I know this is going long, but did you notice the elf reading Mischief Magazine? I did not notice that. Man, you, you really do have a good eye for stuff. I, you know, if I want to see... I, I'm interested in, like, props and things. Like, I just, just the fact that I know that someone had to make that. Yeah, they well, did. In particular, this one. Like, okay, so Mischief Magazine, spelled with a Y, M-Y-S, which I, it seems to be a Christmas-themed nudie magazine. <laughs> That one of the elves is reading? That's awesome. And the headlines are so weird that I right. have to read them. Okay, I do it. I'm sorry. That's why I stopped. They're, they're like they were written with Mad Libs. Here are the headlines <laughs> for Mischief Magazine. <laughs> I like Mad Libs. I, seriously, here are the headlines. How to throw a sex fight. <laughs> I swear. Here we go. It's number two. New book excerpt. Professor Weichley's College of Thrills. What does that mean? They're so bizarre. I mean, it's like a two-second shot, if that, of just an elf. So, but whatever. I paused it, and I had to get... Okay, number three. This one's gross. How to get more protein from sex. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and this one, this last one, I spent five minutes trying to figure out what this meant. <laughs> the new bedroom directory can help you with your sex problems. <laughs> I don't know. The new bedroom directory can help you with your sex problems. I know what all those words mean, but that <laughs> sentence doesn't make any sense. It's the Mad Libs. I mean, I don't know who made that prop, but boy, oh boy, I just I, I was so mystified by that prop. That I mean, is outstanding. Mischief Magazine. No, but I, I do understand your, your curiosity, because you're right. People, there's time and effort that work. People have to go in to make that. Yeah. I mean, in an age where there's DVDs and you know, video on demand where you can just pause and, you know, yeah. HD TVs and all this. Uh, I was just telling you earlier, but I just bought a new 4K TV. So I have even more resolution oh, wow. to be able to <laughs> zoom in on Fantastic. <laughs> magazines and things. Not necessarily just for the podcast, but, uh, you know, added benefit. So this, uh, to, to get back, Belushi says all sales are final. And uh, Howard really wants his money back. So then um, he... <laughs> Howard calls him a, a, a laundry list of uh, synonyms for being a criminal, basically. And, yeah. that, and at the North Pole, those are, those are fighting words. <laughs> and, and to me, um, he, he's, I, I had that the, uh, the Arrested Development, the chicken dance, might have been uh, invented at this time. Uh, I, I need to hear. Here's my note at this point. I'll bet I know what TV show Mike's going to bring up. <laughs> Let me guess. I wish I had beaten you to it because I, I, I guarantee, I promise you, that's in my notes. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, how could the I not? Chicken dance. Yeah, if, if you've seen the rest of the development, it, the it, chicken dance. He does. He it, this. I mean, uh, Jim Belushi goes on for a long time with this chicken dance. He does too long, and and this is definitely where it starts to veer into the cartoon. You're right because 
the 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 snapping back it, it it is a Looney Tunes cartoon. He snaps Jim Belushi's beard, and then Ninja Santa shows up with candy cane nunchucks. Yes, and uh, here this is why, as goofy as this is, this is why I ended up loving this movie. I mean. Listen to what we're talking about. Arnold Schwarzenegger is fighting a ninja Santa Claus who fights with candy cane nunchucks. How could you not love this movie? It's great. I mean, it... I mean, great that the fight lasts like a second, but still, it's just the idea of it. Yeah, I mean, the I, I don't like that Belushi like flips over like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That yeah. I don't enjoy, but I, I do enjoy the nunchucks. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's too cartoony for sure. Yeah. Uh, or at least it's too cartoony too soon. Like, yes. you have to build to that level. It, it is like, it just flips a switch here and becomes a cartoon. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. Fast. I mean, more cartoonish things happen later in the movie, but it builds to it in a way that yeah. it feels relatively natural. And then, yeah, big show from... Uh, WWF. Yeah, he's WWE. not a wrestler that I knew really that well. I, I, it was near the tail end. I remember him vaguely. Like when we were watching wrestling, he was in WCW. Okay. Which I would not watch often, but enough that I, I knew who he was. You knew who he was. Right. He, was he was called The Giant back then. Okay. But I, mostly now he's known for the big show. Doing research, I learned that he had the shortest reign as WWE heavyweight champion of 45 seconds. <laughs> That's which awesome. I found very interesting. I'd love to know how he lost it in 45 seconds. It's, uh, they do a thing now in wrestling. It's called Money in the Bank, where it's like you have the right to challenge the champion whenever you want. Okay. So he like won a match, and then the guy's like, I have the money in the bank, and just ran in and like, beat him up and pinned him, and just like immediately. <laughs> That's awesome. It's funny, because that happened. I, I was, it's interesting. I'm sorry. We have two, we're going on too many tangents, but the, the thing that made me stop watching wrestling was exactly that. WrestleMania 9, Yokozuna beat Bret Hart for the championship, and then Hulk Hogan just ran in like, ah, how dare you? I'm going to fight you. And he just pinned Yokozuna, and he won the championship. I'm surprised that Yokozuna's reign was longer than 45 seconds because it was basically <laughs> the same thing. And I remember as a kid watching that being like, the hell with this? Like, I was so mad. I'm like, I will never watch wrestling again. I've been cheated. So bad. All right. We do get the line from the big show, I'm going to dick your halls, bub. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to count that as a pun? I, had, I don't have it, but I had a I, no. question mark next to it. It's close, but no. Yeah, okay. And uh, what I so there's basically more Looney Tunes and, and a huge dog pile. Yeah, tons of Arnold face here where he gets like tased and just Arr! yes, he's going like crazy with the Mo- Arnold face. More Ar- a lot of Arnold face. And you, then you, you think this beats uh, Total Recall as far as volume of Arnold it's face? Pro- it's probably pretty close, but I don't think so. Ar- really, I think this may have it beat. <laughs> it's wow, a lot. I probably should have kept a better count on this one then, in terms of the like each scene, but I didn't. I just basically each. Each fight scene, which in the mall and here, I basically said Arnold face, and that was it because it's so much of the the yeah. scene. And if you if, just to explain for people who may have not listened to earlier episodes, just the face he makes when he's like grimacing, we've deemed and we've if dubbed it Arnold. Face. If you're starting with Jingle All the Way, God bless you. If this is the first episode you decided to start <laughs> you with know, us, who knows how people discover our show? But uh, we've got a perfect example of Arnold face up on the screen right now. It's 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 so good. Yes, and uh, so then the the police break down the door, and this is. This must be quite an operation because this might be the entire Twin Cities police force, other than Robert Conrad here. It is a lot of guys, but you know it's a, it's a big operation. They've got like fifty Santas in there, and they've got like Mrs. Claus is counting money, like stacks of money. It's a big operation. <laughs> they need a big police force to take them down. I do like that Howard thinks on his feet very quickly here and uses a toy badge to get himself out of this situation. Yeah, I, this is fun. I like how he bluffs his way out of this. Yeah, he pretends to have been undercover, and they blew his. 
He's been undercover for three years or whatever he says. Yeah. He does have a line that I didn't quite understand where he goes, you came budging in like terrorists at a tea party. Thank you. I had it. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> terrorists at a tea party. I guess the, there's a lot of, there was a big problem in the 90s. <laughs> terrorists, you know, barging Break. into tea parties. In, in the UK, perhaps. <laughs> uh, so from this, Howard, Howard Manster running, uh, he, he escapes uh, with his bluff, and then uh, he runs out of gas. And I, I was convinced they just needed Arnold to push something very heavy yeah, maybe. is the reason this was written in. Yeah, it's this whole like subplot of his car running out of gas, and then like later he comes back to it, and it's been like stripped for parts or something. Yeah. In uh, like seven minutes, because I, I have it. I'm like, there's no way that that could have been done that fast, but whatever. I, mean, I think it's they run to the radio station and back in that time, isn't that? It's, I guess. It's a little while. Maybe. Again, it's like time in this movie is so condensed. Like every, All this stuff happens in such a short amount it's, of time. It's turbo time! <laughs> it is turbo time. So, um, so yeah. from there, we head back to the neighborhood, and here, here's one. Ted, Ted's looking to swap recipes with another mom in the neighborhood. Did you <laughs> count that one? Swap recipes? None of these things are actual double entendres. I mean, it's, I mean he's obviously just he's, he's hitting on these women, but I don't know if there's puns, puns here. All right, all right. Swapping recipes? I mean, again, maybe there are, there's some slang that I don't know about. So out there the the reindeer is out there and uh everybody's enjoying the reindeer which i still think is such a bad idea to have a real reindeer out in front of small kids no it's the hit of the block yeah apparently so so jamie kind of gets uh upset because uh ted is such an awesome dad and he runs back into his house and answers the phone as howard is calling home yet again yeah and he's calling from like this this little diner has like the swankiest phone booth it does Okay, I'm glad you had that same note. It, it is a really nice phone booth. This is like a like wood paneled yes. phone. I'm glad I jumped out at you too. I mean, maybe it's it just was because astonishing. Phone to booths me. are a thing of the past, but yeah, it really, it's like I, I was just imagining like some company in the mid '90s going like, "I know what's going to be the wave of the future: first class phone booths yes. will make a million dollars." The whole 21st century. It's going to be nothing but profits for yeah. us. You what? want it to be like a lounge when you're making your phone calls. Yeah, it's uh, this tiny little diner. I'd rather eat in that phone booth. Like this diner seems like <laughs> such a dump compared to the booth, and the booth is all wood paneled. So Jamie gets really upset, and he basically slams down the phone about uh, the Turbo Man. Says you should always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends, and then accuses his dad basically of never doing anything that he says he's going to do. Yeah, Jamie gets upset. Yeah, so not just Jamie, Liz, Liz is upset at him too. So so That's basically, true. this is, establishes where he's on. He's he's hit rock bottom here. Yep, and he runs into Sinbad again in this diner. For the second time, coincidentally, they just happen to be in the same they place. They happen to be in the same place, yeah. And so I, I'm kind of bothered by this line that Myron has that uh, that dads get one one chance that they're not screw-ups. Really? I mean, is this, are you really having, and I know it was a different time, but that's what you're really saying, that dads get one chance, it's Christmas, to buy their kid the toy they want. That's such a terrible message. I mean, what do you mean? Isn't that your job? You only have to, like, one day a year, you only have to do one thing? And- Apparently so. I, I didn't realize this, and I'm going to all these events for my kids and doing stuff with my kids. Apparently, I just need to show up at Christmas and have the right toy. It's, it's, all, it's your only job. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I, mean, yes, I know you're being crazy. facetious. Uh... Yeah, and this, this, it also leads to this weird hallucination that he has. Dude, I kind of so I think my favorite Jake Lloyd moment in this is 
I like his delivery. <laughs> it is good, yeah. I think it's fantastic. And Arnold's reaction to it, I think, is pretty good, too. I also wonder what... Here's to you, Dad. Dad. And he takes the drink from... Uh, <laughs> takes of, a huge swig. Of the booze, and then makes a face, which made me wonder if they actually put something... <laughs> what they put in... <laughs> that would have been great. I mean, they obviously... A film crew can't actually... Obviously, put, they, they can't put alcohol, alcohol but... Yeah. They put something in there that, would, that tasted nasty, because Jake Lloyd's face, he's just like... Ugh. <laughs> You're right. It, but his face really made me laugh. So then uh, after that, they overhear there's a radio contest, uh, the voice of Martin Mull, who actually, he's established on the radio earlier on, I think, at the house. You do get a little bit of him. Yeah, you do that. that Definitely. Everybody must listen to this station uh, in the Twin Cities. And there's a battle in the phone booth. Uh, to get to the phone booth, in the phone booth, you get some more Arnold face in the phone booth. Yeah, they're struggling over the phone. And yes. He's got the answer to the trivia question. Which the trivia question is the, uh, Santa's, the names of Santa's reindeer. Could you answer that question? I know I could not. Uh, no. Dancer, Prancer, Donner, Blitzen, Comet, Cupid. Comet, Cupid. I never can get the last two. Nixon. <laughs> Nixon. Mrs. Nixon's finished. <laughs> you can't play any of these reindeer games. You can't play these reindeer games. Um, but yes, yeah, so now the guy at the bar at the counter is just like, oh, the radio station's only two blocks away. And yeah, they, so they have a sprint to the, the, uh, the radio station. <laughs> Arnold Landry goes, I'm having a good time. Bye. <laughs> You beat me to it. That I really, really enjoyed that one. It's such a strange line, but it's it, it's strange in the correct way. It's, it's something really funny about it. It really made me laugh. I'm not sure if it was an intentional, and again, if it's only because it's Arnold saying, I'm having a good time, bye. I, yeah, I think it's only because it's Arnold. Like, if yeah. there's any other actor, it, it'd be like, what? What does yeah. that mean? It's like, who cares what it means? It's funny. And meanwhile, Myron's trying to drop weight out of his bag. Yeah, why is he still even carrying the bag? I mean, we <laughs> wind up says, having the setup for it here in a minute, but it's like... Yeah. Why do you still have this? Drop the bag. Right. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's just it's supposed to be a joke, but it's too dumb. So uh, Arnold gets there to the studio first, uh, accosts Martin Mull, who calls 911 immediately. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the store employees. He wants nothing to do with Arnold either. Immediately he is like, yes. in panic mode. And uh, so Arnold bursts in, gives the correct answer, but uh, it, it doesn't matter because the Turbo Man doll isn't actually there. Right. He only has gift certificates. Yeah. Much like the empty box Star Wars toys we were talking about. It's pretty similar. Yes. So Myron is also caught up, and he first tries to, a bomb threat um, yep. with a package in his bag to... <laughs> Comedy bomb threats. Yeah. It was a different time. <laughs> but um bum bum I don't know. that. that to me, I, this, this entire stuff, this... I, I didn't really like any of this stuff at the radio station. Maybe because no. it is a different time, and it's just it's not really funny, but... Oh, even considering that, it's just it's not funny. Yeah, I mean, the cartoon aspect with the actual bomb that goes off here in a minute isn't funny. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's too cartoonish. None of this stuff, I think, works that well. I, I kind of wish all of this was just cut out. And I don't think you really lose that much if you get rid of all this. Well, it's just too much. It, it feels like the movie doesn't know what to do with itself for a while. Like, you know... The movie obviously starts with him panicking and trying to buy this toy. Yeah. And it's going to end with the parade. How it gets from A to B, it doesn't know what to do. And it's kind of going in circles, and it's just like, yeah, here we go again. If he and Myron are having a fight over how to get yeah. the Terrible Man. It's, it's not that different from what happened at the mall. It's just at a radio station this time. Radio station, and now it's even more cartoony. because the, So then the police have arrived, and Robert Conrad's also there. Uh, and they're cornered, but Myron uses the bomb threat again. The first time it was, I was it a, I think it was a music box that was wrapped up in his bag that right. Arnold unwraps. Right. And then so the police lay down their weapons with a 
guy who's threatening them with a bomb. I know. They go, oh, it must be a bomb. He said it was. Yeah. And then here's the thing. He puts the bomb on the floor. He's like, don't you follow me. As soon as he steps a foot away from the bomb, tackle him. Right. He doesn't have a threat. He's not a threat anymore. He's no. put the bomb down. Yes. They're just like, oh, better let him go. Better let him go because we, we made a deal. We, we said we'd let him, we'd, we'd put our guns down. This just feels like the movie is spinning its wheels. It's just like, what can we do? All right, we'll do this. To get there. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah so they, they both escape. And the thing is, is that I just having the bomb go off, it's just, it's too much of a cartoon. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, and, also, and meanwhile, this is where Howard's car has been stripped yes. of all its parts. Which, by the way, uh, I work for a, I work in the towing industry. And speaking of all the things that happen, the time it would take him to get up, get this tow set up, and to tow his car home—that's an hour at least, even if he lives close by. You're right. It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve, and it's also he. We've established he doesn't have a cell phone because he's using payphones everywhere. Yeah, so, so we have to find a phone. That's true. I didn't even think about what the towing industry would have been like in the '90s. Like now. Tow guys have cell phones and you yeah, know, are using navigation and all that. Like yeah, would have taken even longer. I, he'd been lucky if he could got to get home in an hour. <laughs> yeah, and the parades in broad daylight. But it's turbo time. Uh, yeah. So anyway, he, so he does get home. He does get home, and Ted Ted is really uh, hamming it up, and everybody loves Ted. Uh, I mean, Liz doesn't really love Ted. I guess you're right. She's onto his game yeah. pretty quickly. I like the like vertigo. Slash Jaws shot like the the dolly zoom where he sees you know Phil Hartman Put, putting the, the, the putting the star up star on the up. tree that is that is pretty good it's an appropriate use of that shot I think sometimes that kind of a shot is overused but it works here and so he doesn't hear the dialogue that's going on inside and he snaps and decides um, he's going to go do a little breaking and entering and get himself a Turbo Man I like the moment where he's, he remembers what Phil Hartman said earlier <sighs> safely under our tree under our tree can <laughs> I can I just do it go for it. So long, dental plan. Yeah, Lisa needs braces. <laughs> dental plan. Lisa needs braces. That's all I could think of. Yeah, I could not get it out of my head. It is very similar. Well, just hearing Phil Hartman's voice without seeing right. him talk, it just sounds like Lionel Hutz or yeah. something. It just, it, it's, it's like I'm watching The Simpsons. It's so easy to remember The Simpsons. So, so he's going to go break into Ted's house, and then what we get is on the inside, we get, well, no, Liz is intervening, so no, 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 Howard needs to put the star back up on the, up, up on the tree, so they take it down, but Howard has not seen that. It's too late. He's already yeah. breaking into Ted's house. Yes. And stealing a present wrapped in Turbo Man <laughs> wrapping. Yes. I wonder what's in it. It even has branded wrapping paper. What I love, though, is that much like most of those voice-activated toys, that if you just juggle it a little bit, <laughs> right. those things would go off, and they had it perfectly. It's Turbo Time! But I like that Howard has to confirm that it's the Turbo Man. Howard, how can it be anything else? I know. I mean, really, to be safe, he should have stolen every toy that was addressed <laughs> yes. to, the, to the kid, just to be absolutely sure. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty clear that the Turbo Man's in there. Yeah. Um, he almost gets caught by carolers. Yeah, and so here's my question to you. Have you ever actually seen carolers? I had the exact same question. No. It's only in the movies. Only in the movies, yeah. Yes. In particular, like, carolers dressed like 19th century <laughs> Dickensian characters. Yes. That can sing, too. I mean, like, re- like, they actually know how to sing. Yeah. They've got, like, top hats, and the women are in, like, bonnets and yes. things. It maybe like, my note was, like, did, did they build this cul-de-sac on an old carol or burial, burial ground? <laughs> These are just the ghosts like, of the carols. They've been reincarnated. It's just, it was such a strange choice to have them all dressed up in, like, turn-of-the-century clothes. I agree. So, the, on the inside... <laughs> Of the house, there's a, there's been a, a doings uh, a transpiring as he's trying to avoid the the carolers, uh, the 
the reindeer has caught. Well, no, he tries to escape, and then the reindeer busts back in. That's what it is, yeah, and well, chases the, him around. The reindeer interrupts his epiphany, where he goes, "What am I doing? I can't see yeah. from a boy." And, and then, yeah, he wants to. He's going to go put the doll back, but then the reindeer is uh, chasing him around. Yeah, what do you think about this reindeer? I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's just not as fun as it should be. No. The, the, like that puppet reindeer is a little too strange looking. Yes, it has like a crazy like, expressive face. face. Yeah, I none. Generally, I mean, with me and animal humor, most of the time I don't find funny, and this it, it already was swimming swimming against the stream with me. Well, it reminded me, you know, another Christmas movie with an animal in the house, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, with the squirrel in the tree. Like, yeah, that's funny. That like, is, you know, a scene like this can be funny. It's just I don't know. A reindeer is just too. I don't know. It, it didn't work for me. I agree. No. So from that, there's a, a small house fire that breaks out, including one of the, I think it was, was it one of the wise men that the head winds up in the fire? Yeah. Specific, specifically, it's Balthazar. Because oh, Ted comes and goes, Balthazar. <laughs> yes. So Howard boots Balthazar's head out the window, breaks yeah. the window. Scares the ghosts away. Scares the ghosts away. And then Liz and Ted run out. Yeah. And Ted, uh, not Ted, and Howard gets busted. Yep. What I do love, this may be Phil Hartman's best line in the movie. I agree. Go, uh, go for it. You can't bench press your way out of this one. <laughs> yeah. It is so awesome. It's really well delivered. And the, the weird thing is, this is the only time in this movie where his like, physique is addressed. Like, yeah. He's not you know, an athlete or anything like that. I mean, no. I, he obviously is because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, right. Um, I mean, it still works. But. Uh, you, you, I, I, I'm glad it's he's in a, there. Yeah, he's a salesman. Though. You're right. The way he's dressed in the entire movie, you don't see anything. It's not Stay Hungry where he's a bodybuilder you know, in a competition, but it doesn't matter. You, maybe because it's too, it's Phil Hartman. It's just perfect. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I know the script is not written for Arnold, so I no. wonder if he ad-libbed that. that. Well, either ad-libbed or they had to have changed it then right. you know, for him. And then so we then, the, Ted is going to drive the kids and Liz to the Wintertainment Parade. Yes, but... I, as much as I don't like the reindeer stuff, we can't skip over him oh, having, right. having a beer with... I forgot the, about that. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, which... Uh, that part I don't mind. Like, he's, he's having a beer with this... And it's a Miller High Life, by yeah. the way, uh, which I did think was appropriate. It is. The champagne of beers. That's right. Uh, yeah, th- this was okay. And he... So, that, that's the one thing we didn't say that... Uh, he, in a moment, he shared with Myron, one of the best holidays he remembered is when he built, you know, this clubhouse and they played in it. He's he's out in front of that clubhouse sharing sharing a, a six pack of Miller High Life with this reindeer. Yeah, it took me a little bit to realize what yeah. was going on because like all his drawings, all of uh, Jamie's drawings are in there. I was like, wait, what room is that? Is that the house? And it's, oh, right, it's that, yeah. that clubhouse. Yeah. Anyway, yes, parade. It's parade time. So then, yeah, so then he has the epiphany, and he this is going to be the third act, and where all is going to be well because it's a '90s family movie, and he's going to change and be a better man. So we're going to have it transpire at the Wintertainment Parade. But he says, like, I'm going to keep my promises from now on. And he, but I guess he's just going to the parade to spend time with his family. So he's not going to keep his promise of getting the Turbo <laughs> getting Man. Getting the Turbo Man, you're right. Because he's essentially giving up. You're so right. I, I don't know what this even means. Like, the idea, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my promises. What is his plan? He's just going to go to the parade and find his family and join them at the parade. Which, they probably don't even want him there at this point. They're so mad at him. Yes. I don't even know what he's planning to do. But if nothing else, he's going to have a good time because this has to be the greatest parade that there's ever been on the planet. It's a pretty good parade. There's yes. a lot of uh, you know, very famous uh, characters and a very uh, you know, announcers that we oh, quite appreciate. The announcers are fantastic. Is, is there a better name than Gale Force it, ever? There is not because it's pun number four. Thank you. 
Yeah, uh, this uh, Phil the, Morris is the actor's name. Yes, he played Jackie Giles on Jackie Simon. Giles, which was fantastic in itself, and he plays a weather a weatherman named Gale Force. Just yeah. awesome. That's really good. I'm surprised there wasn't a joke where we learned his real name. Obviously, he he probably yes. chose that name. The character changed his name to Gale Force once Absolutely. he became a weatherman. Did you happen to notice? So, and the the other announcer is Liza Tish, which I, I didn't know if that was supposed to be. Uh, from Entertainment Tonight, if it was supposed to be uh, John Tesh and uh, who was the other co-host? Um, seems like it was Elizabeth or Liza something. I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I just I know I don't know if you noticed the patches for Channel Twenty One on their jackets are the biggest patches I have ever seen. No, I didn't. Notice. They are massive on their jackets. You know, it's local television. They want to make sure people know. You know, there's no there's no way you could miss it. Yeah, I wrote down all the. Characters in the parade, but it's probably not worth going through them. A lot, lot of uh, oh, no, copyrighted absolutely, material. Absolutely, it is because they're to? they're all not as important as Turbo Man. So you need to know the list of characters right, that I'll, are inconsequential to Turbo Man. <laughs> I'll blast through them because the, the lead of the parade is a marching band full of like Santa Clauses. Uh, there's an ice float that looks like Mister Freeze's hideout. I have, and then <laughs> and then here come all the characters. Okay, so there's Barbie in a pink convertible. Uh, she doesn't have to walk because uh, she's Barbie. So she gets she gets yes, the cush one, and it actually drives. Yeah, uh, there's Gumby, there's Snoopy, there's Bert and Ernie, there's some walking crayons, there's a Cat in a Hat. Which the I cat, like. the Cat in a Hat. You like it? It gets a high five. <laughs> it gets a high five. Why does the Cat in a Hat get a high five, kids? I don't know. This is before Mike Myers ruined the Cat in the Hat. Yes. So I think a few years later they're like, ugh, Cat in a Hat. Um, there's a Ninja Turtle. I think it's Leonardo, but I think so hard too. To say. It's Leonardo. It's Paddington Bear. There's the Tick. I enjoyed that the tick was in here. See, I'm not a fan of the tick at all, but just it seems kind of a crazy. It, it seemed it seemed like one of these one of these things is not like the other situations. It's, like the, and it's only because of the timing of when this was done that the tick would have been relevant. Yeah, it's a very mid nineties choice. Well, yeah. also Sonic the Hedgehog, which is a pretty mid nineties. Yes, but he at least survived longer than that. There's a Hello Kitty. There's a Cabbage Patch Kid. There's Raggedy Ann and two Rock'em Sock'em robots. You did get them there's, all. There's the parade. I uh, I enjoyed all of them, um, and the fact that none of them matter compared to Turbo Man. Well, it's weird that they're all just kind of marching in a big clump. There's no like pomp or circumstances. No. Like here we are, Hello Kitty, Bert and Ernie. We're all just next to each other, just walking. But Barbie gets her own. She's like at the lead of the group, yeah. and then the rest of them are just like, I don't know, we're just we're just waving and walking. Yeah. So the only thing too before when we got the high five is I like that they allow these kids in this massive parade. To just get out of the car and they'll meet you. Meet them where? They don't have phones. How are they going to know where they're at in this parade? I, I think he said something about like, oh, there's another family there, and oh, really? Meet then, with this family until we. All right, then I totally missed that because I I was furious. I'm like, this is crazy to let these two kids just go anywhere in this parade. I could be wrong, but I think when you like when they get out, you hear someone be like, oh, hi, Jamie and whoever, like, oh. John, Jonathan, something like that. Uh, Ted's kid. Ted's kid. Yeah, yeah I don't name. remember. No, it's Johnny. So yeah, Johnny, I think, yeah. yeah, it's John. So yeah, I think I think someone says. All all right. Oh, hey, kids, or something. All right, well, then that, that makes me feel a little bit better about that. So then uh, we get cut to Howard. He's in a cab, and he just bails on it because they're not going anywhere because the Wintertainment Parade is the greatest thing that there's ever been in this city. It's, it's a very well-attended parade. Yes. I, I mean, I think this is a real thing. I think that what I was reading is oh, they put Minneapolis-St. Paul does have a, you know, a winter parade, but I, I, don't, I don't know if it would be in the middle of the day. And wouldn't have the tick walking around? (laughs) Yeah, probably not that either. Yeah, this is all shot in L.A., I think, this parade. Oh, I mean, it looks looks like sunny L.A. where they're filming. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And so this is where Ted makes his move. He does. It doesn't work out well. No. I mean, he really... uh, 
you know, for someone who is this Lothario, he's not very good at reading the, the room there. Like, no. She is not. <laughs> she, she is really, really... Resistant. You know, yeah, when, when they were watching the carolers and he tried to put his arm around her and she shook it off, you'd think he'd be like, all right. This, this is isn't not, going anywhere. You know, he's really, really pushing it. But, yeah, she hits him with his thermos. Yes. I didn't, did it put a dent in that thermos? <laughs> I, I, I didn't really look. But okay. She hits him pretty hard, so yes. I wouldn't be surprised. She does. And, uh, but before that, Howard has seen the two of them together from the distance. So it's the same thing, sort of like with the star in the tree. Howard sees it, but then is interrupted by Robert Conrad yet again. Right. He spills coffee on him. Yeah. Uh, this poor cop. Yeah. He's, he's had a lot of uh, trauma. He's been uh, blown up by the bomb. Now he's had hot coffee pulled on him. Like he's, he's had a bad day. He's had a very, very tough 24 hours. Why is he back on the beat after being blown up with a bomb like two hours earlier? I'm not sure. Didn't even think about it until just now. No, I hadn't thought of that either. Like, again, like he, he, the recovery time for even a cartoon bomb takes I gotta longer think, than that. And yeah, I got to think even Wiley Coyote and those, you know, he's taking a half hour to tell you recuperate or something. And the only recovery, he just says bandaged hands. Everything yeah. else is fine. Yeah, well, there is a police float. Actually, it's, it comes... It, later, because it's closer to the Turbo Man. Uh, and it is awesome, because it's got some cop on a trampoline just yes. doing backflips. I want to join the police after seeing that float. It's, got, it's an awesome float, and yes. It's got a big papier-mâché cop head yes. with a whistle. Yes. And then the cops, like, a bunch of cops are just standing on the sides waving, and then one cop, yes, on a trampoline. And this guy, he is an acrobat. Yeah. I mean, he is just working it. I mean, that's probably that, that cop, whoever he is. He probably had an influence on the design of the float. It's like, can you get a trampoline on this? <laughs> I want to show my moves. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, the whole town will see. Like, he's dreaming of becoming, like, he's a cop, but he, he secretly wants to get a, you know, this will be my big break in the acrobatic. Uh, <laughs> or he thinks that, like, this, circus. this is my way to get to commissioner. I'm just going <laughs> to wow these people at the parade with my acrobatics. So that when he runs for commissioner, it'll be like, he can use that in his campaign commercials. <laughs> it's like, I'll, do, I'll flip for you. I'll Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Uh, anyway, so yes, yeah, so while he's running from the cop, yes, he he winds up being at the right place at the right time. Uh, I mean, he thinks he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, but it turns out pretty fortuitous for him. Yes, uh, I want to play this because yeah, he ends up in the, like the backstage area, like the staging area for the for, for the, the parade. parade. Yeah, and the guy thinks he's the guy playing Turbo Man. Yes, so I want to play this clip just because. I mean, Arnold makes a lot of crazy noises and has made a lot of crazy noises in his career. Yep. This scene takes the cake. I mean, it, it's it's almost a parody of Arnold noises. Okay, I did not notice this that much. It was. It really made me laugh. I started a little too soon. You. He's hiding from Robert Conrad. Who are you? Are are you the guy? Huh? Oh, thank God! Hey, we got. Oh, that must mean yes. Okay, listen up. We're running late here, so pay This guy looks like the mid-90s. Yes. This uh, producer. Yes. Let me just go over a couple of the changes. Who's that guy from Kids in the Hall? He looks like that guy. What, Dave Foley? No, no, no. Uh, I forget his name. When they start putting him... Here we go. The rubber part. We told you earlier. The emergency cutoff switch is here. The primary controls are going to be right here. And there's also a microphone inside the helmet that holds your voice to the proper tonality. And... Uh, Procedure-wise, <laughs> 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 outstanding. I think they're done, but <laughs> I didn't because re- I was listening to the the the, the producer too yeah. much. Is the problem? Ow! <laughs> it's like a pair. It's like someone doing an impression of Arnold noises. And I guarantee you that when he says that, they're pulling that rubber, you know, the the pieces over him. When the one goes over his face, there's Arnold face. 
Oh yeah, beneath yeah. that, you just can't see it without a doubt. I think we missed a couple. Also, like, there's so much Arnold face in this movie. Uh, but yeah, he's now he's Turbo Man. Yes, he is Turbo Man, and we get, we finally see Booster as well. His boot. I love. <laughs> That they cast Booger from Revenge of the Nerds as Booster, and he's sitting there smoking his cigarette, waiting. Yeah, it's great. It's perfect. Curtis Armstrong playing Booger, uh, Booster. Yeah, I mean, I just may as well just call him Booger for yeah, a it's, I mean, it's, it's close perfect. enough. Uh, yeah, he's funny. Is this? He's just. It's funny how much of a backseat Turbo Man he is. Like when they get up in the the float, and he's just like, "Wave, what are you doing? Oh, it's time to give away the toy." He's just constantly telling him what to yes. do. I think uh, Booger secretly wanted to be Turbo Man. He he does. He does deliver the line. I don't know if you noticed. I've been sweating like a dog in a Chinese restaurant because he's been waiting around for him in the booster suit. <laughs> I, I missed that line. That is, I wrote it down because delivered from Curtis Armstrong. It was great. That's a very booger kind of a thing to say for sure. So yeah, so then you get this big reveal, and this is the one scene that I remember from the trailer is just his face when he like comes out in this yeah. ridiculous Turbo Man visor. It's pretty funny. Like it's it's kind of dumb. Like. There's a sequence where it's all first person to like save the reveal. Like, you yeah. know he's he's yeah. dressed up as Turbo Man. It's obvious what yes. the joke is going to be. But I'm still glad they do it because the yeah the shot the reveal of him as Turbo Man is really good. Is outstanding. And then so when you're right, Curtis Armstrong says start, you know start waving. And when he waves, I love the line from him. Like, this is cool. I don't know why yeah. it makes me laugh, but it does. Yes, and uh, just a reminder that this is a story about like a father and his son, and he's just totally forgotten about. It. He's just like oh I'm Turbo Man. <laughs> This is great. He's, he's like he, he's forgotten about his family entirely. Like he, he could very easily just run off and be like, uh, "Now I'm Turbo Man. I don't need them. I'm going to tell the to the country is Turbo Man. <laughs> I will have all kinds of fans everywhere being Turbo. It's Turbo time. Uh, I mean." I wouldn't be surprised if, if they ever did make a sequel if he was just Turbo Man now. Like, you know, they he did, was on the show and all They that. did make a sequel. Oh, you're right. They did. With Larry the Cable Guy. Right. We will not speak of it anymore. Uh, we've, we've set precedent. Uh, that is true. Kindergarten Cup 2. Uh, so he's got, there's a, so on the float, there is a special edition Turbo Man that's going to be given out to one lucky child. There's a special edition Turbo Man with its own elevator that lifts it up onto the float. I wasn't sure. So it, it actually, it wasn't sitting there. It lifts it up. No, the float <laughs> lifts it in the same way that Turbo Man oh, comes that up. That is the outstanding. Toy. It's amazing. It is. It's so funny. Um, yeah. So anyway, he grabs the doll. And he has this moment of yes, yeah, this moment of uh, triumph, triumph that he has, and he actually he gives it a hug. I don't know if you noticed, he gives <laughs> no, yes, he gives the Turbo Man doll a hug. <laughs> it is outstanding. But yeah, again, like the message of this movie, like he's been rewarded. Why he hasn't learned his lesson? He hasn't really done anything to he's, deserve no he, having this victory. He's just he's just stumbled into this yes. victory. He hasn't, like, you know, he's, he's done nothing. Positive, really, in the entire movie. Right. He, in a normal movie, he would do something. He would be like, "Oh, like, he would do something to humble that yeah, he doesn't and, deserve it," and then he would end up getting it anyway. Right? Yeah. But no, to the point that you say he's given up on he. He just before this, he said how he's going to keep promises, and he's given up on getting the Turbo Man, and then he gets it anyway. Yeah. And here's my note because I said, "Yeah, this triumphant moment where he's screaming yes is completely undermined by the um, insane sight of this cop on a trampoline." <laughs> That's the first time you see it. He goes, yes, and then they cut to the cop on a trampoline. He's like, what? I don't care about his getting Turbo Man anymore. I want to know more about that cop. What's going on in that float? Uh, I'm glad you you enjoyed that float as much as I did, because I really enjoyed that float. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so, oh, and and the, 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 what's his name? Robert Conrad's on the float, and he gives a salute, right? Yes. 
Or is this happen here or later? Yeah, no, he's. I'm pretty sure he's on the float, and yes, that you get a <laughs> get a salute. And so yeah. then you then cut away. You get uh, Dementor is getting ready to to swing in, but he gets kidnapped off screen, and it's pretty obvious who it's going to be that that kidnaps him. Yet yeah. another crime committed. So so. I, I guess, uh, what's Sinbad's character? Myron. Myron. I guess Myron was planning to do this not knowing that his arch enemy was also Turbo Man. Apparently like, so. If I, the guy who was supposed to be Turbo Man showed up, he still would have done this? That's, that's my guess, yes. <laughs> okay. He was going get, to get that doll. That's a pretty elaborate plan. Like, you know. Extremely elaborate. Howard just stumbles into this, but Myron has. He's going to. Premeditated. He's going he's gonna, to uh, zip line down in the middle, in broad daylight in the middle of a parade and just steal this thing in front of the whole city. Yes. Um, after, after kidnapping somebody to take their uh, Dementor suit. Yeah, we've, we should, we've totally lost track of the crimes here because this is like, least, like 20 or something. Oh, it's at least seven that I can remember. <laughs> uh, and so then we get where it. Booster says, come on, just pick a kid already. And he, of course, picks Jamie. Yeah, and Jamie says, he knows my name. <laughs> and my note is, and he has my dad's accent, and his voice is very similar and only slightly modified electronically. And his face is barely covered up by this mask, <laughs> and he looks a lot like my dad. How, I mean, okay. It's that's, thing- ins- it's, that's the insulting part. I really don't enjoy that. That mask needed to cover more of his face. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing for Jamie. I mean, whatever it, He's a kid, but it's also it's his dad. He sees him every day. But for for uh, Liz it's, to be fooled, oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> even worse. But I mean, it's 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 preposterous in either way. Why did they even bother like slightly modifying his voice? This like <laughs> conceit. Like they should have just gone for it and just be like, look, don't worry about it. So yeah, so you're right. Uh, Jamie gets picked, comes up, and this is then comes up onto the float to get the to get the toy, the 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 Turbo Mandal, and this is where then Myron swings in. You're right on a zip line. He takes care of Booster, and what I love is Booster's down on the ground, and there's just a mob of kids know. that destroy Booster. I mean, they just beat the tar out of poor Booster. They run into the parade yes! and just, yeah, and nobody stops them. And, and no, they're screaming, we like, don't like you, Booster. Yeah, it's like everybody agrees. Even the police, no, we're not going to stop him. Booster's getting exactly what he deserves. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it really is. Uh, I mean, it's funny, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's... And then uh, he uses his flying fist, like from the TV show. Yes, but it's Ta-Ta, Turtle Man. Yeah, which is a callback from earlier where he called him Turtle Man. Uh, So this is real, apparently, because his fist is missing. Like, how does this work? I don't don't understand the physics of it. It's just a cartoon, so who cares, but it's just... The, the, so crazy. This, this movie has really escalated the cartoon it, it logic. It amps up really fast here. Yeah. And then uh, Jamie says, use your discs or whatever. And then yes. Arnold goes, hey, Myron, I've got the special delivery for you. And hits him with the discs. Yes. And he does, a, I don't know if you noticed the little victory dance he does after he gets him with the discs. <laughs> yes. The, uh, uh, Sinbad's being hit in slow motion by the discs is really funny. Like When he topples back over. Yeah. Yes. That, and then, yes, Arnold's dance is so good. It's just amazing. Argh! But then uh, it's, that's it's, when the demon team arrives just after the victory dance. Yeah. And then what happens? Well, Jamie runs into the... Into the crowd. crowd and, and what's great him. is if Myron chases him, nobody's stopping him. I mean, I know, I guess they think this they is think part, of, part the of the show, show yeah. but I don't know. With a little kid like that, it seems like a bit of a stretch that people would believe that. I mean, I guess, well, here's the thing. It's, if it's a part of the show, then this toy giveaway is fixed. 
because if the kid is a part of the show, right. yep. then they're not really giving away a toy. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a all, total scam. It's a total scam. So you'd think once, once the crowd starts to think that Jamie is part of the show, like that cop later says, like, oh, you're so, that's your son. He must be very proud. Yeah, the, but he got the toy. <laughs> so you'd think the crowd would be, like, furious, considering how many people are trying to get this Turbo Man toy. Yeah. Like, they're not I, really giving away a toy. You no, know? it's a total scam. Yeah. Then uh, I like uh, Sinbad. He goes, get out of my way, box. <laughs> he knocks that. that oh, you're right. I forgot present. about that. You're right. He levels that box. Sinbad has some, some funny moments. You're right. Get out of my way, box. Really, maybe I right. didn't write that one down, but I remember my first time going through getting ready. I wasn't taking notes. I remember that and forgot to write that down. I'm <laughs> you, that was a good moment. I like how the, all the other ornaments kind of look down, like concerned. They're like, oh, oh poor box. <laughs> the present is down. What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Turbo Man finally takes care of the demon team, but Jamie has been making his way up a building. Yeah. Again, this, this is very Christopher Columbus. It's children in danger, but no one cares or no. there's no concern about it. Just Liz is a little bit concerned and is trying to get the police to do something, but police don't seem concerned. No, this is a great show we're watching, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's a little concerned, but yeah, yeah she's, even she kind of takes it in stride. Uh, uh, and so yeah. she's she's the one who uh, oh no Liza the the um, TV reporter yells out fly Turbo Man fly <laughs> use your jetpack yeah which is, I thought that was funny because it's just like she is so familiar with Turbo Man's powers it's just like oh I mean how would I know what Turbo Man's powers are I don't I, I don't watch children's shows. I don't watch children's programming <laughs> yeah so he figures he figures out how to uh, work the pack this is really. CGI yeah, and it's, cartoon. The it's not good. Are real bad. They are not good and have not held up well. It looks like everything's cut out. Like it's like you know, it's just the, all the compositing, all that. I mean, this is like pre CGI, but man, oh man, the, the like, it looks like something. Have well, you, this would have been CGI existed because I mean, you you had the the yeah. bad alligators and in eraser, so it existed, but maybe not on the budget for this movie. Yeah, and they wouldn't have done like a person's. Like they wouldn't have created CGI yeah. Turbo Man. They You're right. Have, you You're know. right. Have you ever seen the the clips from Shark Attack 3? No. They're very famous. Like, I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the clips because it's like, because the effects are so bad. A shark eats a whole, like, jet ski oh, in geez. Shark Attack 3. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I'll show you. Uh, so, yeah, so Turbo Man's trying to figure out the jetpack, and first he's too high, then he's too low. It's just a total cartoon. I don't think it matters. Yeah, he just flies around, goes, you know, in yeah. a comical fashion. Meanwhile, yes. meanwhile, Jamie says, because uh, Myron says, give me, the, give me the toy, kid. And he goes, never. And it's like, or five minutes from now. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think of that. You're right. He, he completely goes back. He, he doesn't keep his promises either. No. So how, how dare it, he? Well, you learn a lot of things from your parents. That's right. That's and true. Jamie learned it from Howard. I learned it from watching you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, so you get the giant tree that's... Myron gets the toy, steals it away, falls down and because the, the giant tree basically falls apart because they've climbed up this giant tree that's on top of this building. Well, it's not a tree. It's a, it's a, like, it's a decoration, decoration. shaped like a tree. Yes. But it's like a story tall or something. It's, yeah. it's on a roof. So it's yes. Like, so Myron falls, the police bust him, and then Jamie's about to fall and Turbo Man figures it out. Well, t- Myron falls because uh, Turbo Man uses his turbo rang. Oh, that's right. Down on the ground. <laughs> Which I have to comment. Is that's so... That's such a dumb name that I kind of enjoy it. I mean, I I always thought Batarang was a stupid name, but Turbo, Turbo Rang, Rang is even dumber. You're but it's, right. It's it's better because it's so dumb. It's funny. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Turbo Man Howard as Turbo Man saves the saves day. the day and swoops in and catches Jamie, and then like flies a hundred feet up in the air, <laughs> endangering yeah. his son. Yeah. 
So, so weird. So, yes, then he lands, and then they need to have this big reveal. You're right. It's so insulting that his wife does not recognize this <laughs> six-foot-three guy with an Austrian accent. Yes, the voice recorder is supposed to change a little bit, but not enough. How does she not recognize it's him? Yeah, his accent is so distinct. I mean, whatever. You just have to, you just just have have to, to go it. with it. Yeah. I think she does, like... Or no, she, does she start to recognize him before he reveals... Or no. No. Howard? I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. But he gets, so then Jamie uh, gives the toy to Myron because he feels yeah. bad for him or something. But Myron's going to jail, right? So Oh, absolutely. Myron's like, oh, my son will really, he'll have a happy Christmas now. No, he won't. You're going to jail. He's not going to care about the toy he's getting if his father's going, going to, to jail. jail. Yes, for a host of crimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably only going to jail for, you know, the more, the more public crimes. In fr- <laughs> he committed these crimes in front of a whole parade crowd. Yeah, he's not getting out of those. No. Um, but he goes, Jamie goes like, I got the real Turbo Man here, so I don't need this toy. No, yeah, that's my dad, I think, yeah. is a line that's not delivered well by Jake Lloyd. But here's the thing. Everybody's at, I mean, I know this is a 90s movie. It's like a 90s TV show. Everybody's smiling at the end. Myron is even smiling. He's going to jail. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why would he be smiling? Because he got the toy. He got the Turbo Man doll. I guess. He succeeded in his goal. I guess. Because a kid took pity on him. <laughs> but again, like the, the whole, I, I, that's supposed to be like the heartwarming thing of just like, oh, Jamie realized that he didn't need this toy because he had his father's love. It's just like, none of this is earned. <laughs> By anybody. It's so tacked on. Like, the, the, it's... The whole movie undermines the the message it's trying to put forward, which is you know, it's it's you know, spending time with his, your family is more important than any toy. It's like, well, but he didn't actually do that. Even when he intended to spend time with them at the parade, he got sidetracked and became Turbo Man. Well, I don't know if you got to it, but there's a post credit scene that undermines it even further. I, it's it's amazing. Yes. I, it's a terrible scene, <laughs> it but is. it completely undermines the ending of the movie. Yes, I did notice the the post credits and yes he's learned nothing no <laughs> and well his wife's oh what did i get i mean it, it it's nothing has been learned by anybody in this family yeah it, it is very a very sitcom ending it's here we go again you know it's, it's bad. i'm on a whole ass the lollapalooza you can't t- you can't look at this as the heartwarming i mean that's kind of what it wants to be but it's it's not that it fails at that it yeah. succeeds at being a dumb goofy cartoonish you know satire of consumerism and all that but as a like movie with a less like a heartwarming christmas movie no no it's, not at all it fails at that but it's still fun i know I, I i i as i let off with this i had a lot more fun doing this than i thought i was gonna do i was yeah. i won't say i was dreading it coming in because i i knew i was gonna like being able to say it's turbo time <laughs> on the podcast yeah but i had a lot more fun with this movie than i thought i was going to yeah and I, the whole the whole parade i think it uh, it, this movie needed a different ending. I think we were being a little critical here at the end because I don't think it, the the Turbo Man flying around comedy it doesn't really work. But it doesn't work. It's too cartoonish. But it feels like this movie, with as you said, those middle some of those middle scenes, it's like they wanted this and just to get to this, which is too bad because I think some of the other stuff was a lot of the better material that they had in this movie. Yeah, I feel like there's some sort of underlying truth to like holiday shopping and all that that the movie just misses, but. You know, as a surface level like movie that's making fun of holiday shopping, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Ar- Arnold carries this movie on its back. It has a lot of flaws. It's With, not well directed. It's not particularly well written. But Arnold's really, really funny. No, so. and it, it, and you know, I don't. We, we ran long, so I don't want to go. We already did the nineteen ninety six movies for the racer. I was going to maybe cover the comedies. We don't need to. But it was still a, a relatively. 
successful movie at the box office. It had like a $60 million estimated budget. And worldwide, now it didn't make it back here, but worldwide it wound up making it back because it was like 130 or $140 million. Yeah, I mean, that was my understanding. It was yeah. a fairly successful movie. And, you know, deservedly so. It's not like... It's not going to win any awards. No. But it gets it the job done for what it is. Yeah, I enjoyed it though. I'm sur- I'm surprised how much I enjoyed it. It sounds like uh, yeah. we're in the same place. Same here. And this was a, a fun episode to do because there was a lot that we were able to cover that was uh, tangential to uh, to the movie itself. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of sidebars, but that's yeah. that's fine. So uh, okay, so no jingle all the way too, huh? You're putting you're putting the kibosh. I'm on not going right to put out the kibosh on it yet. We'll see if we we do some bonuses. Look, maybe. Believe me, I don't want to watch that movie either. <laughs> but I, I, we may have a certain obligation. We could. Um, so, uh, let's, uh, let's get down to our stats. How many, what was the pun count that you had? So I, we added one, right? So I believe it was four. Okay. Yeah, we did add one. Let me, let me confirm that. Yeah. So pun count of four, no body counts. Body count of zero. A lot of crimes. Despite the fact that a bomb went off in a crowded room. <laughs> it was just a cartoon bomb. So every, right. everyone was fine. Don't need to worry about it. Um, I don't even think even on the Turbo Man show, anyone was killed. Right? He, no. Dementor just goes, no. I'll get you next time. And No, and, he used the, uh, the Wizzo magic from Red Sonja to disappear. That's true, he does. <laughs> which, which I did kind of enjoy. I didn't have that in my notes, but I, I kind of thought he was a little bit like Wizzo from Red Sonja. Yeah. We got a decent number of puns, so that's, yeah. uh, that's going to... Zero body count's really going to hurt our chances for a thousand. Yeah. We'll see. So yeah, tune in uh, next time. We've got to pick our next movie. Next movie, which I is mine. Skipped ahead of that. Yeah, you don't want to get get ahead of that. So well, you uh, you sacrificed your pick uh, for the holiday season so that we could be delivering this around Christmas. So I'm sacrificing my next pick to try and coordinate with another holiday. Uh, so I'm delving into the world of pre-governor decline, and since we'll be close to the dawn of the new year, we are going to go with End of Days for our next film. Yes, where they were close to the dawn of the millennium. Yes. Uh, I don't remember how much the new year stuff ties into that movie. I don't either. I saw it around that time, 15 years ago, and haven't seen it since. So We were all concerned about uh, the Y2K bug. Didn't know if uh, it was going to be all over because of that. Also the devil. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the devil. <laughs> if the if the Y2K bug didn't end the world, the devil would. So. The devil was going to. Uh, the, the, both of those things were concerns. Yeah. So uh, we, we kind of thought that it would be appropriate to do these back-to-back, so we kind of both sacrificed our picks. But, yeah. uh, and it's been a long time. I don't think I've seen it since I first saw it. So this will be a total refresh for me. I'm looking forward to it because I definitely remember it being a big change of pace for Arnold's and, career. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting. So yeah, tune in now when we watch End of Days. So yes. uh, till then you can follow us on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast and you can write us emails at questions at bpamg.com. And if you enjoy the show, please write us a favorable review on your podcast app of choice, which I just noticed one out on uh, Stitcher actually, which I was glad to see that all of this begging and pleading is paying off. Yes, much appreciated. Yes, and um so I have one other item of business, and even though nobody in the movie learned any lessons, as we established, we uh, do have to have a rule in a crisis situation. It was a little tough on this one, but uh, what I ultimately came up with is that uh, you just should never trust your neighbors is a crisis situation, because they will only try and undermine you, is what I learned from this movie. Wow, so, so the crisis had nothing to do with the shopping and people crushing them, each other? No. And it's, it's, it's never it's trust your neighbors. Maybe, maybe it's just because <laughs> my love of Phil Hartman. It's Ted. Never trust your neighbors. Wow. They're so up I'm, to no good. If your neighbors hear this, they're going to be very, very concerned. In many ways, trusting. we're not exactly next-door neighbors. We certainly live in the same neighborhood, so apparently <laughs> oh, I'm saying I, we shouldn't trust each other. Yeah, I, wink, I, get, wink. I, I get what you're saying now. Yes. Okay, I, I could take a hint. Thank you. Fine, you don't trust me? Okay, fine. Thank Podcast's you. over. <laughs> 
And Thanks for listening to the final episode <laughs> and communication. Apparently, I can't be trusted. Until I did tune in until uh, tune in when we listen to uh, see now. I, I, <laughs> you forgot the movie. I can't be trusted to end this podcast. Apparently now. not. Uh, maybe you're right. So uh, so anyway, we'll be back with end of days. They call me back to Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. I'm having a good time. Bye. <laughs>